0: Who are you? No one of consequence. I must get used to disappoint
1: Are you tired of the cast? Are you sick of its casty ways? Well then, kill the, kill the cast. Are you having trouble in the bedroom? Is your wife tearing down your confidence in your manhood on a daily basis? Are your kids the bastard children of other men? Well then... What are you waiting for? Kill the cast. Kill the cast. Kill the cast. 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 When you can no longer stand exotic, ravishing women approaching you in the street looking for a good time. When those bi-weekly infant blood transfusions simply aren't enough. When your parents just don't understand. It's time to... kill 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 the cast. Kill the cast. Kill the Cast is the viable, safe alternative to injuring the cast, hurting the cast's feelings, or merely poking the cast with a stick. Why bother to leave the cast alive when you can? Kill the Cast! Kill the Cast cast is vitamin-rich and is part of a high-protein, low-carb, and low-sugar diet. It's also calorie-free, diabetic-friendly, and recommended by 10 out of 10 dentists. Kill the cast. Kill the cast. Kill the, cast. Kill the, cast. Kill the, Kill the cast. cast. I'm Mr. Watson from Horror Corridor, part of the Horophilia Network of Horror Podcasts, and I approve this message.
2: Straight from a legend's mouth, you heard it, Kill the Cast, a horror podcast for everyone from Cinnabites to Werewolves. Come join us exclusively on Horophilia.com. Hello everyone, my name is Jerry. Welcome to Kill the Cast and today's special episode, we bring you the man who would rather do an interview than put out his own podcast. That's right, we're talking about Mr. Watson from Horror Corridor. (laughs) Watson how
3: are you doing my, my <laughs> you should see the smile on my face right now it's uh it's it's quite large and creepy uh <laughs> no man I'm doing fantastic man it is good to be here I've been looking forward to this all weekend yeah they
2: they said uh people would kill for a show like this this is probably my my second most wanted interview right outside of me interviewing Jeremy oh man
3: yes. You two would be comedy gold, just ripping on each other the whole time. That's a podcast I I would gladly just worship.
2: One day, something might happen. Oh, my God. Don't
1: even tease me. When
2: Jeremy stops being a little bitch. (laughs) Well, it's never going to happen. So, for those who don't know, Mr. Watson uh, does Horror Corridor, which has this great little, uh, whenever he's on a podcast and he has to tell them what it is he rattles this off off the top of his head like (laughs) like like it was nothing so watson what is horror corridor
1: all right
3: horror corridor is a psychologically oriented pseudo-academic used to be whiskey soaked solo cast now i say it's an off-the-wall solo cast where i attempt to wax intellectual about the horror genre it's a film music and literature review podcast where i you know try to get deep and in depth and all that stuff but you know lately it's uh also been ma- mainly a quarterly podcast where i, I guess uh it-, it doesn't really come out anymore and that has been part of the joke if you're a horror corridor fan you you, you get used to the weight you know what but as a horror corridor fan i gotta say the weight is always worth it uh th- that that means a lot to me man because like you know, I, I love the jokes, but, it, it, you know, when everybody's like, oh, we're never going to get another one. And, you, you know, you might you might not. I don't know. But it's like at the same time, it's like, you know, when I do produce the shows, I make sure I put my all into them to, you know, just to make them the best content I can.
2: Yeah. I feel like your shows are are that estranged father that we have that we're just waiting to see if he's going to call <laughs> us on our birthday or not.
3: Yeah. As, as long as he doesn't have to like call more than a few times a year, he's in. He's he'll He'll be right there for you
2: yeah exactly and he might miss the holidays but he'll give you a call a few days afterwards to give you the oh, yeah. holiday so exactly it's it's, it's very <laughs> very much one, one of my favorite podcasts um especially uh here recently when you do these little um skits inside the show where you're telling a personal story from your life whether it's you running, uh, being with a friend in a forest as a kid and running away from a monster that, that he may have thought was there, or you, uh, just at a party being uncomfortable listening to some chick <laughs> talk about something really dumb. Yep, yep. Those are some of my favorite things. Uh, your reviews are are excellent, on point. Uh, I Thank could you, sit sir. here and blow Watson for hours, and trust me, I do that for free. But oh, yeah. Mm. People have questions, Watson, and I have some of my own questions. Awesome. Um, so but we're, so we're going to break it up. First, we're going to get into some fan questions. Most of my questions, my best ones usually come off some random shit people say. So <laughs> we're going to start with 10 out of 10 Derek from Cinema Attack. What Ooh. are some non-horror films that he thinks are horrific in presentation, uh, parentheses, story elements, comma, etc., period, in parentheses, Watson, what do you got?
3: How about, let's go, Mulholland Drive is a non-horror flick that I believe is is scary in presentation. It's one of those films that really unnerves me, and you know I don't have anxiety problems, but I feel like I do when I watch that film. Have you seen Mulholland Drive by David Lynch?
2: I have not, but I I keep hearing it, so I guess I need to get off the fucking uh, bench and
3: watch this is, movie. Yeah, you might enjoy it. It's very surrealistic, and, and I know that there is some key to unlocking the whole underlying themes and what Lynch is trying to say with this film, but I've seen it maybe 20 times and I still don't quite understand it. But it's a beautifully scary, sexy mindfuck of a movie that just has me, like, every time I watch it, like, whoa. I It's on Netflix now, too, on American Netflix. I believe they have it now as well. You can check it out. Naomi Watts is the man. Uh, man, I highly recommend it. But yeah, Derek, that's a, a film that I, that comes immediately to mind when I think of something that is horrific in content and pre- presentation, but not quite horror per se.
2: All right. Next up, uh, Philip per- I'm going to get this out of the way now. I'm going to fuck up so many of y'all's names. <laughs> I want you to yeah. know that now. And I want you to know that unless you like call me and pronounce it for me. 17 times? I'm not going to remember. So, Philip Perron, 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 Perron.
3: I just figured this out, and I've been a fan of him for years.
2: Yeah, of uh, Dark Discussions. Wants to know his feelings on the skinny girl salad dressing. Did Justin enjoy it, and is it as good as regular dressing with olive oils and so forth?
3: See, and the reason this might not be a joke from Phil is because Phil is kind of a, he's a bit of a chef. In addition to being a great podcaster so you know he would he probably would have some genuine insight as to the nature of these various dressings but skinny girl salad dressing is something that i have gotten made fun of by this young lady who i think has a crush on me at the store and she always teases me whenever i buy it and at first i didn't even really clue into the fact that it was called skinny girl i just looked on the back low carb low sugar a homie's just trying to be healthy that's all that's all a homie's trying to do Gangster is trying to live longer that's all and uh, I get this, and just getting a little bit of shit from the from the from the girl at the store. It's like, yo, girl, like I'm gonna give you a shout out, but it's a tentative one.
2: Yeah, but I, I mean, know. I mean, just because it's dangerous in the streets, doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't have healthy eats. You know what I'm saying? Yo,
3: yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. So that's what's. Uh, <laughs> I really like that, by the way. <laughs> but like, yeah. So that's just what it was. Low carb, low sugar. It tastes fine. I'm 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 down, Phil. Uh, if you're trying to you know keep it light for a meal, just try it out. I hear Bolt House Farms is a little more manly and has about the same carbs and sugars. So maybe check that out. Oh, okay. This next question is a
2: hard hitting one, but oh. it's from The Goat of the Woodsboro Brothers podcast. Oh. Austin Schroyer, what are your top 5 favorite horror podcasts to listen to? Also, can you be my dad? Now, before you answer this, okay? I'm eliminating Kill the Cast as a possibility. Because you guys I think there's there's a bias there, Uh, There so I'm I'm removing that. So top five favorite horror podcast, go.
3: All right, here we go. First off, it's not going to be what you expect, Austin. And by the way, our Austin and I have had uh, of Woodsboro Bros have had a a few heart to hearts. I love that kid; he's great. All right, top five. They're not going to be in a complete uh, you know order here, but we're talking the No Sleep podcast. Number one, number two, the lift at number three, we'll go with, Oh, what is that pocket? I wish I had my phone near me so I could look at what's on my podcast addict, uh, thing so I could see what's going on. So no sleep podcast, the lift, I'm going to say the simply scary podcast, uh, because they, they're actually a network and they have a variety of podcasts on that network under that name. So I, it's kind of a cheat, Okay, um, fair enough, uh, a, a little bit of a cheat. So then I'm talking about, uh, Oh shoot. Creepy. And is that four? Yes, four. And I'm going to go with, hmm. See, the black tapes pissed me off because it ended like garbage. And I'm sorry because it's so well produced. Uh, I'm going to go with, oh, what is that freaking podcast called? Uh, Clearly, I love it so much that I can remember it. It's uh, I'm going to say The Wicked Library. That's
2: all of these podcasts sound like they're, they're in the vein of creepypasta or horror stories instead of horror yep. reviews. So I'm yep. guessing that's your favorite kind of style of podcast to listen to is basically mini short uh, horror audiobooks in podcast form. Yes, sir. Interesting. Uh, and also, will you be his father? Does Little Watt want a brother?
3: Well, I think I think they're not that far off in age. Lil Watt, it will be fifteen in November, and I think what in Austin like twenty or nineteen Something or twenty. So like that. you know. If I if I just got started a few years earlier, Austin could be my son. Fuck, maybe he is.
2: Oh shit. Uh okay. So next question comes from uh the other guy of the Woodsboro Brothers podcast, the floating head of podcasters, uh, yes. Andrew Scheuer. He wants to know when's that review of screen
3: coming? <laughs> Oh yeah, that review of *Scream* coming. See, uh, this is back backstory, folks. If you have heard episode eleven of my show, I reviewed *Scream* and *The Frighteners*. Now, Andrew is a you know *Scream* for him is unapologetically his you know I think his favorite movie of all time. Ten out of ten. I gave it a nine point nine.
2: Him and Dan Chase show. need to realize yes. that *The Frighteners* is a better movie. Oh.
3: I, I'm yeah. I, I'm not gonna tear one. I'm not gonna tear one down to build one up, but I'm also not going to disagree with your statement. That's my diplomatic way of saying yep. Uh, but <laughs> so I gave it a 9.9, and Andrew's been, you know, his joke has been, so when are we gonna get your real scream review? And I like his joke, and so I'm going to answer him with yet another joke, and it's when you stop saying basically 50 times per review in your show. Cause you're basic. Cause you're basic. Now I love you, Andrew. All but right. That review, that review will never come. Just it's only the fake review.
2: All right, Matt
3: John Kosky. Oh, I love that guy, John Kosky. I owe him so, uh, an iTunes winning thing, <laughs> a prize. He was the first winner, and I never. Uh, I moved a bunch of times, and so did he. So, yikes! It I better, happens.
2: Uh, I just now got my prize from from Joey from a slice and dice competition. When was that mailed out to me? Like from last year. And I had to go on to horror mafia and win again uh, for him to actually send me shit. Um, oh, that's awesome. So but but Matt wants to know, is it true that in order to date you, one must defeat your seven evil exes first? And why are they all working at Starbucks? Uh oh. <laughs> why are they all blonde? yeah and yeah. and look like they could sniff half a shot of Jaeger uh-huh. and then blow a football team
3: that that sounds about like the girls who have been attracted to me up till about this last year uh it is it is Mr. Watson versus the is that what that's called Scott Pilgrim versus the world? yeah Mr. Yes. Watson versus the world in order to date me you have to defeat my exes and you just got to be careful about the one from like uh, a little bit ago. She's a psychopath. And, uh, and by that, I mean any of my friends who, in real life, friends who are hearing this are like, wait, Watson, which one do you mean? Exactly. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Chris
2: Jinro. Jinro? Ooh. Jinro. I'm going General. to Jinro. Says, hi, Joe McGill from the National Enquirer. I have a trusted I- source that's informed me that you sin. <laughs> Bathroom selfies to Uh-oh. random young women on Uh-oh. Facebook. Would
3: you care to comment? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, here, here's, um, it's not random women. Listen, you're only, folks, you're only likely to get a bathroom selfie from me while I'm out at a bar. And this is the key component. You must also be a five foot tall writer for pophor.com who sends me drunk texts on occasion. We don't have to name any names here, but she knows who she is. Lacey Lou. <clears throat> I may or may not huh. have just done a podcast with her. And I am going to see that film next week so I can catch up with that. Cause I'm fans of all y'all and can't wait for that episode. Cut to the chase.
2: Cut to the chase. The worst podcast you could ever listen to. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, Oh, fun fact. I have gotten a bathroom selfie from Watson wait, you have, while he was at home and sober. Yes. You sent me one one time and this was not through Facebook messenger Legit phones. What was I doing? Uh, you were you had just gotten out of the shower. <laughs> I don't recall this. I hope this didn't. that Was I jump? Was was this back when I was drinking? It was back when you were drinking, but I do believe oh, you were. No. You had just came home from work. Oh no! And you had jumped in the shower. It was around the time that we recorded the Last House on the Left
3: show. Oh geez, so a little over a year. year yeah, ago. yeah, it was yeah. a while ago. All right. What was in the photo?
2: I'm serious,
3: my memories are hazy of the last 10 years. (laughs) You in a towel? (laughs) There was
2: no, I will say there was no shirt. Oh no. I treated that picture like a young man who has a Heather Locklear poster on his wall.
3: That was when I was like super fat too. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I
2: I fucked it up. I named my hand uh, Mini Waddy. Oh, well, because uh, I couldn't use, good, you know. I didn't want to use little watt, so I went mini watty no. to make it less creepy. Oh, I feel uh, you, feels- Yeah. Uh, Mel Swan oh, says. Oh, oh god. Oh no 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 no! This is the this is the easy one. It gets better later from her. Uh, I know you have some pretty insane stories about ex girlfriend. What yep. is a crazy one you can share? Give us one crazy okay. oh, ex girlfriend okay. story and. I've decided I want to throw something in her to see if you can match it. All right. It has to be a time where that girlfriend threw something at you. Oh, geez. Okay. Okay.
3: I want to see how good you are. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Check this out. So, (laughs) this is great. So, first off, Mel Swan, Melissa. I actually don't know her last name in real life. We have met in real life. It starts with a C. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't – yeah, that's right. Carlton or something like that. I can't remember. But she is – always spamming my she that's her alt account she has her real account and she is like a drunk facebooker and she's out of her damn mind i i love her so much every time i get a notification from her i'm always scared like what am i going to read now so all right i also know she asked this question in a thread later on facebook but okay i got i got stories like crazy something where someone throws some okay so here's the thing i have legit my friends my friends i have legit been assaulted by four and a half different girls the half is the one who didn't quite uh She didn't quite get the assault uh, full on. Like she almost did it. It was like, ah, you tried. Uh, So I've had a girl stab me with an ice pick before. I've watched a girl stab herself with a kitchen knife. Blood everywhere, my friends, just to get out of an argument that she started. Basic
2: instinct, Evil Dead remake.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, drunk out of her mind. I've nearly been killed with my own car because I tried to take the keys from a girl who wanted to drive while blackout drunk, and I was like, that's not responsible. I like drinking but not driving drunk. I had a girl who tried to kill herself twice when we were together, Slit her wrist once, and then swallowed a whole bottle of Perks. I've been punched in the face, had my hair ripped out, part of the reason I shaved my head now. I got a crazy dating history, my friends, but – Instead of one of those darker stories, I'll tell a funny one that does actually end with me getting something thrown on me. So when I started University of Washington back in 2012, I'd just gotten out of a two and a half year long relationship. And I'll admit, man, I'm looking for another long-term thing. Problem was that these girls aren't looking for a long-term stuff. Like they're, they're into the hookup culture. And it was super eye-opening to me because like there I am, I'm in my mid to late 20s homies, and I'd only been in two relationships at the time, like my marriage and then the girl after that, both long-term things. So after going through you know, that, and then a few of these kind of lame short-term things. Like, I I finally met somebody who was down with actually having a relationship. I'm like rock and roll. Those first couple months, my friends were epic. She's this tiny little, whatever you're picturing, if you know me, is is correct. A tiny blonde chick, like always, smart as hell. A psych major like me, like I was. A musician, she's into motorcycles, horror, hiking, drinking, all that stuff. I'm thinking this is going to be the next ex-Mrs. Watson, okay? Well, but one thing that bothered me was that, she she uh, she had this business that she ran with her ex who she still lived with so some people are cool with arrangements like that I'm kind of not but you know I didn't want to make a thing out of it it's not like we're saying I love you to each other yet but one day I finally go to her apartment for the first time to hang out her ex is chilling there it's his place too whatever so girlfriends like yo I'm gonna head down the street pick us up some whiskey you down I'm like This is 2012, Mr. or 2013, Mr. Watson. Of course, I'm down. By the way, I also have whiskey with me. What What are you thinking? But she left, so I'm stuck sitting on a couch watching a movie with my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. We get talking, dude's cool, but it had been bugging me, Jerry. So I ask him, "What is the business that you and we'll just call her uh, Natalie? What What's Hold on, hold on. Can I? Can I? I want to make a guess
2: first. Okay. And I want to guess it involves a webcam.
3: Okay. So, I'm, vo- I'm voting webcam. Okay, okay. Uh,
2: y'all know what I'm saying. Alright,
3: continue. Okay, everybody, note Jerry's response, webcam. Let's see if he's right. So uh I ask him, okay, what, what do you and Natalie do? And I wish I never asked. He gets pumped up. He's like, yo, bro, check it out. We make good money off this shit, yo. Check out the studio. Jerry, he brings me to a bedroom in the back of this apartment and there is a professional lighting kit set up. There's a boom mic hanging in the middle of the room. There's a video camera on a tripod. And all of it is aimed right at this decked out bed. There are accessories of an adult nature on a table off to the side as well as various outfits that could be described as sexy if such words are in your lexicon. And if I'm not being clear here, Jerry is correct. My girlfriend was a cam girl who worked with her ex-boyfriend and made decent money from that. He said that after they broke up, he only would do like the – he'd only do like the filming side of it that he stopped being in the videos with her, that it's mostly solo shows now, keyword mostly, and that if I stuck around long enough in her life, he'd be happy to show me the ropes because he's always wanted to direct a boy-girl scene. So I might be a strange guy. I might have a foul mouth and a dirty mind at times, but this is a bit too much for me. I was just flashing back to all the times we, the girl and I had, had lunch over the couple months, and she'd say stuff like, oh, work was just so crazy, or oh, I had a hard day at work, and I'm just like... Uh, like that's a meme. I'm living a freaking meme, Jerry. So we, we went out a couple more times and I just kind of let the relationship die. And, uh, so I wasn't, I was, you know, she was iffy about the fact that I had a kid and I was iffy about the fact that her ex-boyfriend records her having sex for a living. And I I don't think it was meant to be. So the day I kind of finally told her, look, uh, I, you know, I just, I can't, I, I don't think I, this is, you know, kind of the relationship I think I want to be in. And she got really defensive. Is it because of my business? And, I, you know, and she was being really kind of in my face. But she was I, I get it. I She she wasn't acting out of sorts until I was just like, yeah, that, and just I I don't know. It's just not something I see in my future dancing around. And then she got mad and threw her coffee on me. That is how we broke up. Last was it hot her- coffee or cold no, coffee? Uh, it, it was hot, but it was like it was like lukewarm because we've okay. been seeing it for a while because we had been walking around with it were no we're not in the coffee shop we're outside on a dock and it ended with her like throwing what was left of the coffee cup on my shirt and it was like that's mature and then i, I basically saw her in class like two more times and then i grad, and then I, and I didn't graduate that year and then we went to the next quarter and never saw her again so i was able to kind of get the two birds with one stone yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. And I didn't mean – listen, and I just want to make it clear. If you're a cam girl, man, more power to you. God bless you. I just uh, don't think I want to date somebody who does that for a living. Just, you know, like she might not like uh, what I do for a living. Right on. Cool. Just move on. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, yep. I'll, I'll give you that. That
2: Mel, I hope you're uh, happy with that story. I'm really <laughs> glad I made this into <laughs> involving something being thrown at you. You changed yeah, – yeah, you changed. Uh, and I'm pretty I, stoked I that like, I, I guessed that correctly.
3: That's very intuitive. Uh, oh, gosh. And you know what's funny, though, Jerry, is when I'm sitting there and, he, and I'm just like, what business do you guys have? I'm legit thinking, like, they got to have, like, a t shirt company or something. Like, I, I'm like, I, I'm that naive, dude, especially then. I'm just like, well, obviously it can't be that, like, what Jerry's thinking, even though I don't know you. So, <laughs> yep. So, for a little bit, I got to date a, an adult uh, film uh, girl. She looked the part, not like overly did, trashy, very girl next door adorable.
2: Did you ever try to find the videos
3: um no i i I honestly did not i i probably we had some mutual friends who i bet i could have asked and i don't really know how to get in contact with them since i don't really keep up with the people from university anymore but i i bet i could find some of these people on facebook and be like hey do you remember we'll call her natalie because i don't want to say her name uh remember her like uh, do you did you know what she did for a living in videos anybody like i don't know if you got to get a Wayback machine but you know, she she would have been like you would type in uh, adorable girl next door and then you'd find out like, oh, that's what the adorable girl next door does. And then your heart sinks into your chest <laughs> because you think you could have fallen for her and you're glad you didn't. Wow.
2: that's yeah. that's good. <laughs> OK. Uh, Warren Money. I love this guy. What is your perfect storm of a movie? Uh, who would write it, direct, produce, star, do the music, etc. Pretty much, what's your perfect storm of a movie with as much uh, information as you can think of off the top of your head? Geez, okay, okay.
3: I I would love to see something a little strange. Like, I would love to see Wes Anderson direct a horror movie based on a script that I have written. Since this is my perfect storm of a movie, I want a little cut of that, that dollars. It would star Vincent D'Onofrio and Naomi Watts, my favorite actor and favorite actress... And Matthew Bellamy of Muse would do the score. I have no clue what it would be about, so I'm already blowing this question like a sailor. But it would get awards, all of the awards. So that's that's what I got. You don't know what
2: it's going to be about, but you're going to write the script.
3: Uh, yeah, I'll find out once I write it. Then afterwards,
2: I'll be like, oh, that's what it's about. Okay, I'm down with that. I yeah. hope, that, hope that was good. All right. So Especially Drew... Anderson. That'd be weird. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I would watch that movie. Wouldn't you? Like... Uh, yeah, I'd be down. I'd be 100% down. And I'd be like, hey, guys, the guy who wrote the script for this, I blew him once. It's yep. behind a Kmart. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Drew Etheridge wants to know, what do you oh. think of Eminem shouting out Horror <laughs> Corridor in his song 3AM? Also, how do you feel about, okay, this word enhanced. Order, enhanced. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Enhanced.
3: Yep. Um, yep. Much love from Drewski Heart. Well, listen, it honors me that someone like Marshall Mr. Mathers would approve of my podcast. My favorite rapper is someone that he once beefed with, though, so I guess I'm not really like a loyal Eminem fan as, as I could be, but right on, man. Uh, shout out to Cage, my favorite. But, uh, you know, thanks for the kind words, M. As for Enhanced, folks, uh, Enhanced is a young rapper from Florida whose name also happens to be Drewski. And he, this kid's making waves, and I love him, and I uh, want him to give me a piggyback ride one day. Fair enough. Yeah, that's okay. what I want, Jerry. Uh, you know what? I'll have to check him out. Cause the last rapper you told me to check out, I yeah. really liked. Yeah. And this kid's a friend of mine too. So yeah, like, uh, I, I'm proud of his work. He's a young kid. He was like, like when he was in high school, I think he's out of high school now, but when he was in high school, he, he had a play, uh, he, he was a playwright. He wrote a play that, you know, got performed in his, you know, and it was like in the papers in his area. I was just super proud of him. What a good kid. You know, I, I love, I love that. I love that boy. Do you have a song you'd recommend? Uh, there's one that he does. Uh, called The End, and that is, like, I think my favorite song by him.
2: Hmm. Well, maybe that song will show up on this podcast.
3: F- find it on uh, uh, Bandcamp. I think you can you can check it out there, I, I think.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Next question from right. Pop Horror herself. Lacy Lacey Luau. Lacey Luau. Yeah. How does one successfully take a bathroom selfie?
3: Oh, this again. Yes. Okay. Well, well Ms. Lu, Listen. This might be hard for you to understand. But, Lacey, the first rule of successful bathroom selfies is that you may not use Instagram filters or Snapchat filters.
0: Damn. If a cartoon,
3: if a cartoon dog nose or fake deer antlers appear in the photo, it's considered a fail. So take note, young lady, so you too can look as good as I. You better come fucking legit. Yep. Come on.
2: Come on, the, Lacey. The the always amazing, one of my favorite people that, that I have met through podcasting trend would oh, like to yes. know yes W W J D question oh,
3: mark okay what would jerry do all of the drugs and all of the hookers that is what jerry would do
2: if can i get we, an amen if we were 15 years ago a fucking man
3: actually yeah that's true i know you've got you got a crazy past uh, yourself but my, my, my crazy past doesn't include uh any of uh many substances just more whiskey than i would like swimming pools of whiskey but i know you've got some crazy stories yourself one day i gotta we gotta flip the script so i can interview you
2: someone's gotta interview me uh yeah (laughs) jerry cortez who i work with on the underwater kaiju from outer space podcast asked the most important question of the night who Uh,
3: are you again hmm indeed mr cortez who am i who are any of us really? What is our purpose? Why are we here? Wow, what a question. Let's skip it. Next.
2: Okay. Uh, holy shit, this dude's name. All right. What's Jeremisha. The... Oh, okay. Jeremy. That's
3: his real name. Yeah.
2: J-Z-K. His his last name does not have a vowel. No, it doesn't. I always wondered if that's his real last J-K. name. J-Z-Y-K. That yeah. sounds like... What Dan Chase would say if he was coming while having a seizure at the same time?
4: (laughs) Dan Chase would say, that.
2: (laughs) how you doing, dude? Just go all over myself, man."
4: Oh my God, I love Uh,
2: it.
3: Jeremy's gonna appreciate that too. Jeremy is a good kid.
2: All right. How do you feel about the fact that, from certain perspectives, you look identical to both M Shadows and Dave Grohl? Side question for me. Who the fuck is M Shadows? He's the lead singer of Avenged Sevenfold. I think
3: it's the. That's oh, why I don't know it. That's the. Uh, I think it's because I wear the aviators a lot, and uh-huh. uh, and I'm getting in, and I'm like, like getting in shape. Which that guy, of course, I'll never be like as freaking bulked as that guy. But well, listen, uh, how do I feel about that? Well, Jeremy, it makes me feel sexy and loved. Like, did you know huh, that there is a women's shelter in Tacoma, Washington, <laughs> in which a photo of me hangs on a wall. And I'm holding a sign that reads, "I am loved." <laughs> that is how I feel right now when I hear your kind words that compare me to two handsome rock stars. I love you, Jeremy, <laughs> and I love you, Jerry. I love I'm still all of you.
2: trying to comprehend how your picture ended up in a women's shelter.
3: So okay, so when I was uh, when I was a psych major at University of Washington, I like was just walking by this building, and this girl comes up to me. She's like, "Uh, will you grab one of those signs and let me take a picture of you?" And I was like, "There's a table with a bunch of cardboard signs on it." And I was like, oh, uh, okay, sure, I, yeah, all right. So I put my backpack down, I look through the signs, and she just grabs one and hands me, and it says, I am loved. And then she takes a picture, a few pictures of me, let me select which picture I want. And one, I was uh, looking pretty foxy, I would say so myself, 2012 Mr. Watson was, uh, it was It was before, it was after I was fat, got skinny again, then got fat, then skinny, then fit. And You know, it's just how I used to do. Uh, but it was a pretty good picture, and then I found out later they put all those photos in a women's shelter nearby the campus. So...
2: Interesting.
3: I know you're going to
2: love the next two questions. Oh gosh. Marco Vertanen. I love him. How great is how
3: great Vince Vaughn is? Question mark. Hashtag VVN. VVN. Vince Vaughn Nation. Yes, Vince Vaughn. Okay. I'm just going to word it like this. Vince Vaughn is a god among mere mortals. A a paragon of unwavering truth. A poem crafted by the hands of the masters, a work of art, living and breathing with the power of a million exploding suns at his core. In short, I like him. I gotta
2: say, you know what? Vince Vaughn has great comedic
3: timing. Yeah. And even though
2: he basically plays the same character in every movie he's in, I still really enjoy it. And I love every comedy and romantic comedy he is oh, yeah. in. Put him in there. I will watch the shit out of that.
3: Jerry, have you seen Brawl and Block 99? I have not, but it's on Amazon
2: oh, Prime, so I need to.
3: Man, I have like it. He takes. I think somebody was it's from the director of Bone Tomahawk, which was my favorite horror movie of 2015. But like they, I think somebody finally decided, like you know, Vince Vaughn is six foot five and he's pretty big. Why don't we make him beat ass like crazy? And they do, and he does. He punches I do a car say, though, and kills the car.
2: He he does beat a lot of ass. Uh, in movies, it's just normally of a sexual nature.
3: That, that is true. He does be a.k.a. That wedding kind crashers. Of ass. Wedding crashers. Oh yeah.
2: Now my main man, my dude, Jordy Oster. Ah, uh, I, I can't say your name.
3: Jordy Oster.
2: What he said? Yeah. Uh What's the most memorable punk rock show uh, you ever
3: saw yes. live? What? Oh oh God. God. I gotta
2: know this one.
3: Okay, so I this was one of the few that like uh, of of these that I had to make sure I jotted a couple notes down to myself because I, I love this question. I've seen so many punk shows. Like punk rock was life for so many years. Uh, it was Warp Tour two thousand one. Okay, my I'm sixteen years old. It's my very first punk rock festival. It was also my very first real road trip. I'm sixteen. My girlfriend at the time, who would she would later become my son's mother. She was seventeen, and the two of us were gonna drive across Washington State like six hours away, six, seven hours away to see all, all our favorite punk bands. But then about a third of the way there, two hours into the trip or so, my car breaks down on the highway. We're trapped, we're not sure what to do. By sheer coincidence, her older brother's friends happened to drive by and spot us. So we're just, we're saved, we're like, oh, that's that's awesome, we're cramped in this car that can only seat like four or five people and there are too many of us in there. It this was not safe driving conditions, it was punk rock as hell. Problem was that they were staying on the campgrounds for the weekend while we were only geared up to go for the day and then come back. So we weren't prepared for overnight anything. We had no extra clothes, money, food, none of that. Well, still, we made that business work. I got a bloody lip during Anti Flag. I crowd surfed during MXPX baby. I moshed my face off during Bad Religion and Pennywise. It was just like it was so epic. I've been to dozens of shows. I think I feel like this is possible and I, I need to go back and, and I may have this confused with another show, but I feel like D 12 might've even been the rap act at the time. So uh, don't quote me on that, but I feel like D 12 was there, uh, which was kind of, sometimes they would do that when, back when Warp Tour was strictly punk rock, sometimes there'd be this like out of sorts, like kind of out of place rap act. And so I think D 12 was there, uh, but I, I need to go back and check. Cause I have memories of a rap group and people were excited about it, but also kind of hating, which is kind of sad, but this also, so yeah, this is my first time, been to so many shows since then, but my f- first like real punk rock experience. And it was actually the only time, Jerry that I ever tried, my friends, this is true too, you would not expect this of me, the only time I ever tried alcohol before the age of 21. The people we wound up having to camp with, they were not professionals, they had no water with them, they weren't, they, all they had was light beer and Mike's Hard Lemonade. If you're gonna go to Warp Tour and you're gonna camp out, do what I did in 2009, where you got a cooler full of water and ice, and you got a cooler full of whiskey and vodka and soda, that's what you do. Like, that's how you, you get drunk and trashed, and then sleep in a sleeping bag with a lesbian, and who you find out later is not one. Anyway, that's two thousand nine. That's uh that's second place on this list. But like what I'm saying though is I was so thirsty this night. I'm sixteen. I do not want to have alcohol. It wasn't peer pressure, it wasn't me trying to be cool. I was just so thirsty and didn't trust the water on the campgrounds. So I chugged like half this Mike's hard lemonade and then went to sleep. And it wasn't a great, like, remarkable experience of oh, and I tried alcohol, like I was just like, this sucked. And so I maintained that Mike's hard lemonades are still disgusting to me.
1: Okay. And, uh, First yeah. of
3: all, Mike's Hard Black Cherry
2: is, is that good? one of the greatest things to ever oh, okay. happen.
3: Okay. Uh,
2: I never I that. love it. It's in fact, I have two drinks. If it's a light night, I'm drinking uh, Mike's Hard Black Cherry, and then if it's not a light night, I'm drinking Cat uh, Morgan's Tattoo Rum mixed with Mountain oh. Dew. Um, Mountain Dew, interesting. It if you you start off light uh-huh. and it, it has this golden color to it. Um, and it tastes like candy. And then as you go through the night, you make darker and darker mixed drinks. And by oh, yeah. the time it stops tasting like candy, you don't realize it.
3: <laughs> Spoken like a true pro. <laughs> uh, yep. yeah.
2: Uh, so, uh, I gotta say, uh, anti-flags die for your government CD mm-hmm. is a favorite of mine. Oh yeah. I fucking love that album. Um, and there's something about a punker. I like when I was uh like uh 14 to 16, I went to so many post hardcore shows. Nice. Um that that was my like for you with with your Pennywise. Uh, yeah. not to be uh misinformed here, he is talking about the band guys. Oh, yeah, oh uh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly, the punk rock band Pennywise. Yep. In case someone was like, Really? <laughs> you saw the clown? Fuck, man. Or uh, Torgi? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> The this song dance. is called beep beep richie <laughs> beep, beep richie um but i feel you because like there's so many post-hardcore shows that i've seen have you
3: you said you got a, a busted lip mm-hmm. from you were in the pit oh yeah i, I was in it see the thing is especially 16 year old like i'm not a big dude and especially 16 year old me dude i weighed like 100 pounds uh i you know it was not somewhere i should have been and that's why when mxpx came up who they were the band that got me into punk when i was 12 and just opened the whole floodgates for me to find out like there's there's music out there that's not on the radio mxpx did that so when i got to see them for the first time in 2001 at this warp tour i like wanted to cry i crowd surfed and that's a little something more like somebody my size that at the time should do not be in the pit i was getting my ass kicked it wasn't it it was kind of like you want you want to earn your stripes, but at the same time I was really bothered that, that the lip had swollen a little. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. What am I doing? I'm getting my ass kicked out there. Fair. Yeah. Hey,
2: it, it happens. Uh, I know. Like, I also am a very, very skinny guy. Very tiny. I'm not very strong. Very uh, sexy. But when when uh, Norma Jean, back with her original singer, uh, Josh, who went on to do the Chariot and then 68, when they uh, start playing Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste, you have yeah. to get in the pit and uh, in that pit I got kicked right in the side of my fucking head from the oh. lead singer of evergreen Terrace what? and I was just like the rest of the song was kind of fucking iffy for me but I at least got to come out of there with a fucking story <laughs> right yeah that's what <laughs> that's what yeah that's what it's all about man you know and and for in shows like shows can be a spiritual thing like every time I see every time I die live it is me at my happiest it is it is me uh I can't even put
3: it into words yeah so are you more the type did you did you did you like the festivals or more like the 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 shows just at the clubs
2: I'm a club guy I want the small venue. yep it's hot and uncomfortable but it's hot and uncomfortable because everyone's pressed in there and not because there's a thing outside called the sun (laughs) exactly uh but yeah i i I debated on even going to warp tour uh this this summer because it's the last warp tour
3: oh that's right yeah i went the last one i went to was 2012 and there surprisingly were a few of the punk bands from back in the day but it it was like there was like newfound glory uh i'm not sure for soup yeah, since so like, uh, We Three Kings or something like that, you know, which they weren't the bands I was into as much back in the early 2000s, but they were the ones that, that were in my periphery. But, like, I guess those festivals, you know, the festivals now kind of turned a little more into just kind of more of a variety. I get, it's kind of sad when Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper, is maybe the most punk rock dude there. And it's like, ah, that hurts. <laughs> Who would yeah, uh, true. I don't white boy from the Midwest would make fucking numbers. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That dude is pretty good. I like him. All you know, right. I, he has a live drummer too, like that's that's dope as hell. Like it, he was a fun performance to watch.
2: He was here not too long ago on tour, but I didn't go see him cuz oh, Okay. I don't uh I don't go to shows as much as I would like to and it's usually because it's hard to make it line
3: up with work. Is it like where they have shows cuz for me I got to travel like either to a place called Auburn or you know the the city around here everyone knows Seattle, but those are a couple hour trips for me from where, you know, where I live in the middle of the sticks. So like I used to do a lot of oh, shows like crazy. And these days I've, I've kind of toned down. Even cage came to town. My favorite rapper He even came to, uh, with ICP, a, uh, a couple months later back to Seattle, there were two opportunities this year. I could have seen my favorite rapper and I just didn't do it. Cause I was just lazy. I don't know. Do you have far to go for shows like that you could go see?
2: No, bitch. I'm in Nashville. Oh, that's right. I get, uh, for me, it's usually not a, a thing of laziness. Like, there are, like, like I have already settled if every time I die is coming to Nashville, I am taking the day off and I'm going to the show. Uh, nice. But, like, they did have a tour a little bit ago where they they came, they didn't come to Nashville. They went to Knoxville, and that's, like, a two-hour drive, and I was like, no, fuck that.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, you feel me. All
2: right. I don't yeah. want to drive. It's not that, like, I'm either going to have to get a hotel or a motel yeah. mm-hmm. and stay the night because there's no way we're driving back after a fucking show. Fuck right, that. Not happening. Yeah, I do, fuck. it and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I f- fuck that. Uh, So anyway, Chris Jinro wants to know, was there a particular film that made you a horror fan, or was it a gradual
3: Ooh. process? Yeah, yeah. Okay, my first memory of any movie ever was seeing Johnny Depp's death scene in A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. So that probably marked me in some way, but I have always been drawn to dark things. Even as a child, the idea of ghosts and monsters, scary stories, it frightened the hell out of me, but it still intrigued me to no end. I was obsessed. And so it was no wonder that the movies I loved as a kid were films like Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, NeverEnding Story, which is dark as hell, you know, if you watch it, you know, later in life, Fright Night, Lost Boys, Witches, Hocus Pocus, things like that. I I think my mind has always been a little cracked. And so it's natural that I would gravitate toward those types of dark things. So yeah,
2: I could believe that when I so when I was a kid, I had a uh, Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. Not because I played Dungeons and Dragons, I just wanted it to look
3: at all the monsters. Dude, I I completely understand where you're coming from. I don't know that manual, but I get it. That that's awesome. That makes me I'm smiling right now, Jerry. That's fantastic. When I was
2: in elementary school, they had us write a short story about anything we wanted to. So I wrote a short story about a great white shark. In a pool. Huh. Yes. Like, like, and not as a, like, we have a great white shark as a pet. No, it, like, forced itself in there from some black hole that was in the pool. <laughs> and it was just swimming in there waiting for someone oh. to un-
3: unknowingly uh, get in get in there. Your Jaws love was coming out in full force as a kid. That That's beautiful.
2: Exactly. Uh, Chris would also like to know, besides horror... What would you say is your favorite genre of film? Yeah, yeah.
3: So, okay, this won't count as a genre per se, but you'll, you'll understand what I mean. I, I like films that are just plain weird. These movies with that certain quality about them that you know tells you outright that you're not watching like a normal film. Like think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Mulholland Drive, the movie Stay with uh, uh, who was in that? Ryan Gosling, Naomi Watts, and uh, who's also in Mulholland Drive. Uh, and uh, Ewan McGregor, SLC Punk, Dark City, Happy Accidents, which I highly recommend with Vincent D'Onofrio and Marissa Tomei, ha- Happy Accidents folks, a romantic comedy with a weird twist, Donnie Darko, Fight Club, Identity, Vanilla Sky, all these movies are just off in a certain way that's not because of their genre, but because of the way that, you know, just the 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 way of telling the story and fashioning the narrative is just a little strange. And it seems really honest to me from an artistic perspective. And so when I find that quality in a movie, regardless of the genre, I I gravitate right to it. I love it.
2: You should watch a movie called London.
3: London. London. Not, I, I, I don't. I'm not aware of it. What's it about?
2: Uh, it's about a guy who goes to a party, and the party's his ex girlfriend, and he's like deeply still in love with her. But he spends most of the movie in a bathroom with Jason Statham, who has a full head of hair in this movie. What? Uh, as they do coke and huh. talk about uh. The past and talk about whatever random person who walks into the bathroom uh, brings up. And it's just a very kind of, it's a movie that Kenneth showed me. Kenneth like has shown me so many movies. There's ones that are just weird and off like uh, London or he showed me another one called Thursday. Okay, I'm writing both these down by the way. Um, and they're kind of, they are, they are very like just like they go, they go west of normal. They're uh, not yes like, cause and, I, and I like movies like that too. Like uh, uh, one of my favorite comedies is Cabin Boy, oh which yeah, is just a movie that was just too weird for its time and it fucking bombed and it's so sad because it's oh,
1: it's I used just to love that movie
2: such a fucking good. I like to do a tr- a triple feature with that Captain Ron, nice and uh, Surf Ninjas, oh heck yeah. So, like, just, Dude, just movies that back, are just, Jerry. like, like really fucking weird. Like, Captain Ron's probably the most normal out of those. Sure, sure. Yeah. But it has, like, but just Kurt Russell in that movie is just him playing something he's just never done before.
3: Yep, that's true. Wow, I got to go back and see that again with kind of more adult eyes. Uh, a, a, a few other, a couple other movies that, you you know, you mentioned Cabin Boy being a comedy. Like, another weird, weird, weird movie, my favorite comedy of all time is called The Ten. Like the Ten, like the Ten Commandments. Is but
2: that the one with Paul Rudd? Yes. Paul oh, okay Rudd.
3: fucking uh, great movie. Just, oh, I'm so glad you like it. Everyone I talk to hates it and is like, why would you like this? That is me <sighs> if I is. wrote a movie. It is a weird fucking movie. Oh, it's out of its I'll,
0: mind. And then-
2: I'll give them that and it's going to and that because of that it's going to be very off putting yep. to a lot of people. But if you're just that that side of the street of crazy
3: Oh yeah. You're going to you're going to enjoy the film. And if you watch it a second time, like if you watch it like back to back, there are jokes in it, in it when you watch it the first time that you're you can't get the first time around. So then when you watch it that second time, you're like, "Oh my god, they're making jokes earlier about things that are going to happen later, and it's so clever the way it intertwines." And I just like, "Yeah, that movie freaking just makes me smile in all the wrong ways."
2: I fucking love it uh Let's see, Scott Crawford. Uh he's, yeah, he's doing a new oh, podcast. Yes,
3: of abhor drunks. But now I'm not sure what the new one's going to be called. But shit, they're they're launching soon.
2: Yeah, he just posted that 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 they're, that they're, that they're doing it. It's Cemetery something. Yeah. Fuck, Scott. I'm super sorry. I don't remember the name of it right now. Um. Fuck. Yeah, I know. But, I'm uh, anyway.
3: Bad myself. Scott's my man too. Like. Yeah,
2: I love Scott. Uh. How do you stay so damn sexy, and (laughs) can I have your
3: number? (laughs) Well, my secret (laughs) is the blood of the innocent. It sustains me, especially since the CDC is saying not to eat romaine lettuce right now. uh, Maybe it's Maybelline. (laughs) Maybe he murdered some babies. Uh, Maybe so. So yeah, blood is vital these days since uh, salads are like 90% of my diet, and uh, you can't eat lettuce right now because actually somebody just died from the freaking— Romaine lettuce uh, E. coli outbreak so the CDC is basically like if you don't know where your romaine lettuce comes from toss it like don't eat it and so I'm just like shit that's I need this and so I have to find new ways to not uh, lapse so yeah blood of the innocent Scott and yes you can have my number I'll p.m. you later buddy
2: fun fact I am one of the earliest people to get Watson's number you might be the first at the time you said I was the first
3: yeah so, but
2: you know, you never know
3: how many people have it. Even, uh, even still like only, uh, you, Dan chase, and I think Lacey Lou might have it. I don't know. No, I don't mm. think she does. Like, she just Facebooks me. That's it.
2: Yeah. I got his number. Me and him have had yep. some, some long conversations. Love this guy. He's my man. Uh, speaking of, uh, long conversations with disappointing endings, Dan chase would like to know, <laughs> What drives you, Watson? Your reviews are like sitcoms episodes with a lesson tied in at the end. It's beautiful. I always look forward to our monthly phone call check-ins. Your creativity knows no bounds, and I wonder what fuels that. I love you, brother. Jerry, I've been waiting for this episode forever. You guys are awesome. Please send more dick pics. Can you just hear him reading that
3: or, like, saying that? I can hear
2: him saying all that. I can. He would have said it a lot faster than oh, me, but here's yeah. the thing. There's no way that that he could get through this whole like mini paragraph without changing the subject at least seven times. <laughs> like, if you've ever recorded a podcast with Dan Chase, if, if you're on Cut to the Chase, uh, he will ask you like four questions I but then never Dan. give you a chance to answer any of them. Like this just had like when we recorded our our podcast on Infinity War, he um, literally like asked tons of questions that n- neither me or Lacey ever got a chance to answer. Oh, that makes my heart just sing. That's just
3: how cut to the chase is. It's just fucking well, crazy. I was on the one episode with you and Mike Merriman uh, like a long time ago, it maybe like last year. Think. Well,
2: Dan wants both of us on there again, and oh, yeah, I have we'll that ep—I I have that great episode idea that I want us all three to do. Yes, um, that was a fantastic, I still remember that, that's, great. that's fantastic. And we need to do it, it'll take yep. a little prep work, but I think it'll it be fucking awesome. I'm in. I just need Dan taste, Dan has to be a better host to do it. <laughs> it probably won't happen, but he wants yeah, to know, yeah. Watson, what, drives- what drives
3: you? So, okay, so I, first off, I, I love you too, Dan. You know that I do. We talk too much for it to be anything other than love, baby. So in a different thread, my good friend Chris General asks a similar question. So Jerry, I'm sure you saw it. It's on your list of questions. Uh, He asked, what motivates you to create? You're a DJ, a musician, a writer, a podcaster, and who knows what else. Where does this need to create and put yourself out there come from? So I'm going to answer both of those in like the same, like in one fell swoop. So uh, ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a writer a horror writer to be more specific. And later on in my teens, I got okay at music and wanted to make dark-themed art in that fashion. Then in my 20s, I got into poetry and photography and music production. Now here now at the age of 33, I'm learning filmmaking. I'm always – my friends, I'm always up to something which I love about myself. I'm never bored ever. I have a rich inner life that I try to reflect in my outer outer world interests. So the deal is that when I was younger, okay – Artistic expression was like a – like simply a way to have a voice, you know, to show others who I am and what I have to say. And I, I, gosh, I looked at the part in those days too. I had a huge blue or green or pink mohawk, red spikes maybe, ostentatious colorful punk rock outfits. I stood out in a crowd. That's me. As I've gotten older, like I've traded in those chains and multicolored blazers and colored hair for like a more nondescript appearance. I'm fine – you know, be in the center of attention because I like to party, but I'm also fine, like going long stretches without contact with anyone but my son and hiding in the corner. And that right there, I think demonstrates the, the evolution, I guess, of my need to create. So it used to be for others. It used to be a loud thing to get attention. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like nothing wrong with wanting to get your voice heard, nothing at all. But starting in my tw- mid twenties or so, it all started to turn inward rather than outward. The need to create suddenly got, it, it got like inextricably tied to my own personal well-being. And so what I mean by this is that I found that if I'm not creating something, anything, my depression, that inner darkness starts to rise up in a very uncomfortable way. And there have been two points in my life, Jerry and listeners, where that inner darkness, like and I hate talking about this but I'm I'm trying to break the stigma, you know, stigmatization of it. There have been two points in my life where that inner darkness almost won. And those were times when I'd allowed people in my life to stop me from creating To stop me from being who I am. And it's only when I'm creating that I can self-actualize. That's what the psychologist Abraham Maslow said is when you are being the best you that you can be. So when I'm creating, that's when I'm at my best. That's when I'm in the present moment. I'm I'm uh I'm in this world, not another world. I'm not dwelling on the past. I'm not worried about the future. I'm living and breathing in the here and the now. I'm touching the divine, I guess as it were, and dispelling the darkness inside myself. So it's a way to keep myself pointing, you know, toward true north. So whether it's me writing like a two line poem that no one ever sees, whether it's me working on song lyrics or guitar licks or piano or drums or something, whether I'm writing a short story, working on a podcast episode, guesting on a show, taking photos, notes, editing, filming, learning something. When I'm doing these things, my friends, I'm truly myself and I'm centered. So maybe one day, you know, I won't need to create. Maybe one day as I mature and grow, like it'll be a choice that I can either take or leave. But as of now, it's a very inward artistic expression that means the world to me. And a lot of it's very private, but I'm hoping to change that all very soon. So man, th- anyway, that's an awesome question from Dan and Chris. Like, uh, thank you guys. That's just, I, man, that was a speech, but that's just like what I feel like. That's what drives me. <laughs> you no, know,
2: and let's, let's get into this because you and yeah. I, our first phone call we ever had. Oh, I remember. A good chunk of it was about why we do, why we find yep. this need to create yep. to keep that that darkness at bay. Mm. Um, w- you and I have talked about it extensively. Oh yeah, and it's something that I did. De- I suggest to you, if you find yourself with with a depression or anxiety or, or or anything like that, where you feel like like when you look into that darkness. Not only is it looking at you, it's taking pictures, it's staying outside your house, it, it's basically doing everything it can do to rob the shit out of you. Yep. The best way that... But obviously, if you need medicine, take medicine. I'm yep. not saying yep. don't take medicine or any of that bullshit. Um, if you have a huge chemical imbalance, the only thing that's going to fucking help that is medication. Yep. Yep. But there is a way to, deal, to help deal with it alongside with that. And, and part of that is keeping yourself centered and focused on creating whether it is you doing a podcast you doing a youtube channel or uh Watson and I both write and sometimes no one ever sees that because yep. I, some, and, and now Watson has seen a, a good chunk of my poetry um, oh, yeah. And a few select others have. But it's hard, sometimes it's hard to share what you write. For instance, I have a whole poem that is literally just about people who kill themselves on Christmas morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- th- and y- if you put that out there, sometimes you're going to get kind of fucking looks. Like, you know. So you have to be careful with stuff like that. And th- there's reasons why uh, there's things that are not said on podcast. And there's sometimes you are like, when Kill the Cast did their episode on Puppet Master, we had this long tangent about suicide, Mm -hmm. even talking about my plans for for how I plan to kill myself. Um, Like, we went on this long tangent, and it was half joke, but but there was a lot of, like, truth and reality to that because, uh, especially for Jay and I, we both suffer uh, from depression, from anxiety, from these issues, and if there's anything that can help you with that, find something to create. And it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, as long as it's keeping you occupied. Yep, and yep. I've, I've heard, I've heard, uh, I've read stuff Watson has written. I have heard stuff he has created. There's a, uh, some badass uh, Edgar Allan Poe stuff that he's done that I, I fucking love. Oh, yeah. In fact, one night when I was just bullshitting on Skype with JP, I played it for him. That's how he heard it. Oh yeah, yeah that's how he tell heard me it. Me, how he heard it. Oh yeah, it was from me. Because uh, uh, him JP. and I were like, well, we were talking about like rap, and he was playing some rap that he had recorded. I played him some oh. rap that I had done, and then I was like, and I was like, hey, do you want to feel completely worthless as rappers? Oh God, Listen oh to God. what Watson did, and we played that shit, and we we're just like, Watson's shit sounds professional and ours literally sounds yeah. like uh slightly better than normal soundcloud rappers nowadays oh my
3: god yeah that that, that song that he's talking about everybody's a song called poem and jp did tell me in a chat he'd heard the song and we were in a chat with other people and i'm just like how did you hear it he was just being totally like mysterious and i'm just like what how did you and i was like i was like driven crazy i was like how did you freaking hear it and this was like in the summer and so, yeah, that's a song just where I took Edgar Allan Poe imagery and used it to describe some things going on in my life. I was, you know, sort of in an obtuse way where I take a Poe line and then a Mr. Watson line, because Mr. Watson's my stage name. That's why I call myself that uh, on the podcast because I—that was always sort of a joke when I was like a kid. I'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna call myself Mr. Watson because my dad doesn't." It. It's gonna be like a joke. Oh, Mr. Watson's my son's name, and that became my stage name and my DJ name out here. So, yeah, but that song's called "Poem." and yeah, I think one of these days uh, I need to like that's the demo copy, and I need to really like focus and just like record a real version of that. I want you to know if I
2: can still find that I have the demo copy. It's coming on this podcast.
3: Okay, I I, yeah, I think people would enjoy it.
2: If I don't have it, I'm gonna make okay. you give it to me again. But okay. I think I might still have it. Deal. Okay, um, but yeah, guys, for in create, all honesty, no. yep. create. I like like. Uh, I know, uh, in fact, you know what? I'm going to jump into another question that Dan chase through because it okay. goes in with this creating. Cause I, cause oh. I, uh, we're going to get into YouTube. Oh. Dan chase says, I love you with every inch of my being, which is two and a half inches. I
3: added that part. Can you reveal <laughs> anything about your YouTube channel in the works? Okay. Yes. Thanks. Bye. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And actually, wow. Jerry, very insightful. Cause this goes right into the whole creating thing. Uh, so well, Dan, and as you know, and as a few others know, and uh, I I love you like any good uncle loves his sister's kids. So this is uh, this YouTube channel. Okay, I'm going to be launching in the summer, I hope, and it represents the, the evolution of the whole psychologically oriented, dark themed, deep content that began with my podcast Horror Corridor. That show, I love it, but I have a lot of negative associations with it. That's a whole other conversation. I wish that weren't the case, but I do. I think episode 11 of the Scream and Frighteners episode which I highly recommend if you've never heard Horror Corridor, my show. Check out episode 11 if you've seen Scream and the Frighteners and just and, and that's just me taking my show back. It's the show I've always wanted to make, but I'm still trying to find my bearings with Horror Corridor. On the positive side, Horror Corridor is known for being well-produced with, you know, the high-quality audio. It's known for being in-depth and thought-provoking. It's known for being more than just like a show, kind of like yours. Like it's, it, like both our shows have this in common where we're sort of known for not just like rehashing the movies we like. People learn things. They, you know, they learn about the art. And most importantly, and my goal is through that they can learn about themselves. Like I've gotten – everybody, listen to this. I've gotten more messages from people about issues they're dealing with in their everyday lives then I've gotten messages about whore-related content. Like people have written in to my to the email, like and to me personally on Facebook, like wanting to talk with me about their depression, about their breakups, about their family lives, about their kids, like uh, custody issues and stuff like that. I never expected that to happen from some stupid whore podcast. I never thought people would trust me enough, you know, some dude who puts out shows quarterly. I never thought people would open up like that to me. It was like an unexpected uh, surprise, a latent effect of listening to the show, and so. With this youtube channel it's my way of taking the next step forward in several ways so first i guess we'll say artistically yeah okay artistically i've always been interested in filmmaking and videography but i've never done it well now i'm learning it and i'm deep in it like the the audio the the editing oh my god it's driving me nuts but when i launch folks you can bet that from a technical standpoint just like with horror corridor it will be high quality nothing but the best from your boy watson but so that's artistically and technical but from a personal perspective this is a father-son project. Like my son will be a large part of this and it's a way for he and I to work on something together and grow closer through art. He's he's the only constant in my life. And so for me to have this teenager who doesn't think I'm a piece of shit, for me to have a kid who believes in me and my vision and who wants to be a part of this, that honors me in a way that I can't even describe. So a lot of this is for the benefit of my relationship with my son. And lastly, and this is you know a way to possibly you know kind of end this it's a way to help people to change lives like if my podcast resonated with people to the point where some folks actually took time to reach out to me for help or advice how much more could this more focused visual youtube endeavor help people and so at its core the channel will be an arts critique show that seeks to explore the dark themes in certain films and music just like i do on the on the show but in much much shorter form but there will be vlogs and more cinematic content as well. And I'm really looking forward to that. It won't be just me reviewing things. Like we'll be getting into, into out into nature. I'm in the Northwest. There's mountains, there's hills. We'll be out and about with thought-provoking you know, topics of discussion. It's going to be a big project that's going to push the boundaries of my abilities and my creativity. And I couldn't be more excited to launch this bad boy, hopefully in late summer. The idea though, and here's like where I'll kind of end it, is that art imitates life. Okay. And oftentimes we can see, Within art, a reflection of who we are, and so the channel's goal is for us to understand the dark, so we can understand ourselves. That's the mission statement, and I hope that explanation suffices. <laughs> That's my okay, YouTube like
2: channel. I, I, I want to know who do I have to pay for there to be a special, uh, a special, a special uh-huh. vlog episode uh-huh. where you and Little Watt uh, try to find a Sasquatch. Uh, oh why you God. camp
3: overnight dude that is fantastic I, I that, that's something I would love to throw in there because some of it's going to be camping like it's not all just going to be reviews every vlog will have some kind of dark themed point or funny thing sometimes it might just be Lil Watt and I dicking around or just me but it'll always come with a point like we're going to talk about uh in one of them like there's a, a hike that we're preparing for in the summer and it's a very difficult one. I'm in the shape now to do it. Uh, he's not quite. I mean, he's a skinny, you know, nerd kid. So I got to build him up a little bit and get his cardio up there. But it's like the hardest hike I've ever done. And we're going to do it. It's just a day hike, but it's difficult. And that will make a vlog out of it that's just all about overcoming the adversities inside yourself and getting, you know. And, and sometimes that's all the vlog will be. We'll take that trip, cut it down to 10 minutes. And with a bunch of cinematic slow-mo shots and all this stuff, drone footage and and us talking about, you know, sometimes that darkness in yourself can you know, just keep you down, but sometimes you can overcome and it's hard, but you can get to the top of that mountain and you know, like and so that's sometimes the blogs will be like that. Sasquatch want to be hilarious. Creep like,
2: three sounds like it's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I hope that answers any questions.
2: <laughs> uh I'm really excited for it. Um Me too. Uh I've I one, I love YouTube. Uh, YouTube is great cause you, you can create anything and it doesn't matter. You can put it out there. Yeah. Um, like for like Jay and I have started this. Uh,
3: I was just going to mention that Jerry cause um, I love what you guys are doing with this. I think it can only, this is already good. It can only go up from here. So yeah, but tell them, yeah, tell them what you're doing if they don't so, know.
2: Uh, we're doing like a weekly horror show where we kind of give you, uh, announcements of what's coming to blu-ray what's coming to dvd what's going to be in theaters uh but also recommendations like recommendations like, yeah. uh topics that have already that have popped up like um you know with ash versus evil dead being canceled or uh and if you know things that may happen in the future uh but just kind of and we have different ideas that we haven't done yet in the episode because we're trying to make sure each episode stays in a 15 to 20 minute thing personally yeah. good moves, um, yeah um But like, and it's going to be like a weekly thing. Like tomorrow I'm going to record segments for it. Um, Oh, sweet. uh, To do like upcoming release announcing. Because literally after I recorded my videos for that and sent it to them, Scream Factories was just like, well, here's Return of the Living Dead Part 2 and Brain Scan. Also, What? uh, Yeah. yeah." I'm just like, you motherfucker. Uh, oh. So I, that was kind of pissed off about that. In fact, that's why Jay mentions it in his because I recorded mine beforehand.
3: Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it, folks, you got to check this out and go to the kill the cast YouTube page and check out this horror news idea they're doing. It's a horror, weekly horror news show. And and folks, I I don't know of anybody who's really doing this quite like they're doing it. If like, and I, I admit, I don't watch a lot of horror channels, which is kind of weird since I'm trying to start a sort of horror channel, but like, I love what you guys are doing. I sat there the whole time. I, I got done working out. I'm just ca- trying to you know like just cool down, and I just sat there and watched the whole thing, just glued to the screen because you guys it, you had enough variety that it kept me intrigued like the whole yeah, time. Like I never felt so like many, skip. <laughs> yeah, there's
2: so many ideas out there. Like literally, I don't know how many episodes are on the you are are on Kill the Cast YouTube page where uh-huh. I just had an idea and I was like, I'm making a video for it. Yeah, Whether it yeah. you know. Uh, like I did I did that goat episode for The Thing, where I was just like, why is this possibly the greatest horror movie of the time? And it was just a pro- prototype video, but I wanted to see where it go, or I did that uh, episode talking about uh, scenes from movies that are cut. Should they remain cut? Should they not? Oh, yeah. Should this have been put back in? Yep, yep. Stuff like that. And then like on my other channel that I just started doing again after a very long hiatus, which involves retro gaming... I have a whole series on there that is literally just about me sucking at video games. (laughs) It's like there, there are so many ideas out there to do. And there's so many ideas that you just need to put your twist on to put out there. Exactly. That literally, if you you feel that depression creeping in, try to create something, try to write something, try to to record something. Fuck
3: it. Do a vlog, do a Facebook live video. Yep. Do sit there and talk to people and if any of this resonates with you if you're listening and any of that's resonating with you just just jump at it like the the just just do it like uh you're the only thing holding yourself back like just the best camera is the one you have the best lens is the one you have the best phone to record on is the one you have work on the gear later there's always time to improve and people will notice and like and, and the other thing is you know Jerry you know you talk about the depression aspect about you know the creating and, and as that is therapy like part of this th- there will even be videos on my channel where I talk about depression and where I talk about these things so it's going to be a dark themed channel 100 through and through but like uh it's not going to be it, it, at its core it's a horror channel yes they're going to be reviews in the watson breakdown style that everybody who listens to my show likes but then sometimes there's going to be a watson breakdown of other things and but it's all dark and Small so yeah correction he said likes he meant loves Ah uh, shucks but yeah so i'm excited to do that and i'm excited to see where your horror news show takes the takes the channel because i, I feel like that's you know, and, and yes, the reviews are good, and that's the problem. That's kind of why I want to do more content because, as great as my reviews may or may not be, I know that there are so many reviews. It's hard to get, you know, you get lost in the shuffle. So, you know, like like you're thinking, you know, a little something different to separate myself from the pack, you know, and that's uh, you know, it's it's yeah. you know a direction to consider. You know?
2: And here's the thing, like with like the whole point of us doing our new show and making it different. The biggest thing we want to do is, how many horror Facebook groups are you in where people literally will go in there and they just bitch and complain about the stupidest things of oh, I can't believe they're remaking this or I can't be- I won't watch this if it doesn't have Doug Bradley in it or something. <laughs> I'm like, guys, actors get old and they can no longer do those roles. Quit being a cunt. Let them have. <laughs> uh, let other people try to do it what like you act like if it's the new hellraisers movie bad it's gonna hurt the franchise doug bradley was in a lot of shitty hellraiser movies don't fucking tell me that kmart uh hellraiser is going to make is going to make walmart hellraiser that fucking much worse it's not but i see all this bitching and entitlement and people not understanding things like um For instance, I will see people on, uh, you know, say a movie's getting released. Uh, People will be like, well, why aren't you doing this movie? Okay, Arrow versus Scream Factory. Uh Scream Factory put out the thing. Arrow put out the thing. And people were like, oh, well, why doesn't Arrow release their version of the thing in America in Region A? And I'm like, this should be (laughs) common sense. Obviously, Scream Factory, A has the rights for North American distribution. Distribution is separate per country. Different people own the fucking rights. Two, why would Arrow put out a movie that's in direct competition with a US-based company who is more well-known in the US? That's just bad fucking business. Yeah,
3: that's a good way to think about that.
2: You know, but it's that kind of thing that we're trying to bring. Or when people like people are are bashing stars for canceling Ash versus the Evil Dead and we're sure. like But yeah, here's the thing: half of you fucking torrented it. Yeah, right. What do you think's gonna when you go in a Facebook group and go, "Hey, who's got the torrent link to Tragedy Girls?"
3: I know when I see that, I'm always like, "Yo, wow, that's pretty old."
2: This is why you're not getting new horror. You're not supporting it. Fucking wait until it hits streamer. Like the void is on streaming. You don't have to torrent it. Tragedy Girls is on Hulu right fucking now. Go watch it and support it on there instead of fucking torrenting when the new chucky movie came out so many people torrented it yeah instead of waiting for a, the blu-ray or waiting for it to come to netflix or waiting to watch it on sci-fi and then they wonder why the chucky series sucks right or they wonder why oh, there's all these remakes or sequels and nothing new and original that's cuz you motherfuckers won't pay for it
3: and so your your news channel is like a commentary kind of like sort of bringing a voice to we want to bring the common yeah. sense yeah, yeah.
2: back into reporting because I'm so tired of people posting fucking fake movie posters that are fan made. That like, Oh my God, I can't believe fucking uh, Jaws fucking 6 is coming because for some reason I know about the Italian ripoff Cruel draws, which is Jaws 5, <laughs> but Luma-tai, I don't know yeah. enough to double check Snopes.com to see if Jaws 6 is a real thing or not. <laughs> and it just fucking kills me. It fucking annoys this shit out of me. And Jay will sit there and argue with people in the comments constantly. Like, Jay did that wonderful video on, does a horror movie have to be scary? Because you see all these people go, oh, that movie sucked. It wasn't even scary.
3: I hate that. And I saw you're that video. It's a good video.
2: You're fucking 40. Of course it didn't scare you. Right? Jesus Christ. Sorry, guys. I had to rant for a second. Let me, <laughs> let me,
3: Sounds like let you me need, need to calm. break... You need to let break me, stuff.
2: Let me calm Oh, that's coming. Oh, we're <laughs> going to get to that one. Uh, uh, we're, in fact, we're about to get into the Big Dave Z questionnaire. But before Ooh. we do that, we have to uh, do one last question from the first batch. Zachary Puccinelli? Puccinelli? Puccinelli, I think. Puccinelli. Yeah. I like that. Puccinelli, her. Uh, <laughs> does the carpet match the drapes which i think currently means do you shave on
3: top and bottom so it it does and listen manscaping my friends is nothing to scoff to scoff at these young girls these days keep it all hairless can it's the trend I and i'm just a, happy to jump aboard can i get a manscaping tutorial
2: video for horror
3: corridor yeah i mean would that be it.
2: something that comes up will you like just yeah, put yeah. hair on like two oranges and a banana and show Her. us how to shave it off
3: yeah, it's, you know, sometimes, you know, you slice the banana a little bit and then you can't put it in anything for a few days until the wound heals, but you just do it anyway. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, well, before we get into Dave's I like question. questions,
2: <laughs> I want to actually get into some of my questions. Sweet. Uh, that is more about your podcast and how you do your podcast. Awesome. So, first of all, what's your gear breakdown? What
3: are you recording with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I record on, it's, it, it's, it's kind of old now. It's a, I, I record on a Macbook pro that's a few years old and I do need to make an upgrade cause it's not running premiere pro very well. Like when I'm trying to learn my filming stuff, it's so slow, but for this it's great. You're using Adobe premiere instead of the built-in, uh, Apple yeah, software. I got, I got, I got premiere pro CC and that does, it's like, it's really complicated, but it's, it's like the industry standard in case I work with anybody and more. Yeah. About, it, yeah. It's, it's pro shit for, yeah. Real. Yeah. I, that's oh, what I God. use. Oh, you, okay. Yeah. And man, it, the learning curve is crazy and I, I'm, I'm getting it, but it's, it's slow going. Uh, I'm editing a vlog that my son and I did of just us feeding ducks and I'm like, God damn it. But anyway, uh, let's see. So I, yeah, you, my MacBook pro is the base of operations. I have a Rode NT 2 a microphone, which is oh, a, a fantastic microphone. I got a nice boom stand that it sits on. Uh, and you know, the, the pop filter and the, the little mic, uh, I don't even know what that's called. The little mic cradle. That's right. I've got uh, an audio box USB. What would you uh, audio interface that goes between the computer and the mic? Because it's not an it's not a USB mic. This is an XLR mic, so I need a go between. And so there's cords running about. I also rock and roll with a and I'm not I don't have it right now. But when I do like my super recording with my with my software, which I'll get to in a second, I have an ISO sound panel that goes around the microphone that kind of minimizes echo from the room. And then I also use Reason, Propellerheads Reason software, which I had originally years back for recording music. And I'm only on version 6.0, but it's they're on 10 now. But I just haven't upgraded because honestly, you can still produce radio quality music with 6.0. I have so much to learn with that software. But as far as podcasting goes, I've fallen into a niche, uh, you know, a little niche here where it's like. I can I, I know my workflow and so re- basically the secret to the the sound I get on my show is the ex- the expensive mic and the software that's like the yeah, two components cause,
2: cause keep in mind guys most of us just record with like a blue yeti with a pop filter and that's it like we like we just record with that Skype and total recorder and that's how we record like if you want to get into recording where it sounds like kill the cast. It's not the higher production of Watson. It's really not that like for you can get into recording podcasting for
3: under $200. Oh, absolutely. And, and do it like at the best. mic is the one you have. And, and and thankfully for me back in 2012, I was trying to assemble a music studio, uh, a little home music studio for doing like that. The, I had this dark themed rap album. I wanted to put out like called sweet darkness poem. That song you heard was the first little demo I made including well it's not the very first thing i ever recorded there's something on youtube that i oh god but like uh for a contest i did and i was a day late with it so nobody i didn't even get to present it it sucked uh but like the uh yeah like so all this stuff i had and then i put it all in a box and then when i found like in 2015-16 when i wanted to get into podcasting i was just like wait i have equipment holy crap and where where is it and yeah so (laughs) yeah so what uh what what
2: was the like what made you go? I want to do a podcast. I feel like you've talked about it before, little bit. or you've you've said I was I've listened I listened to a few horror podcasts and I wanted to do that. And you've even shouted out specifically a couple of yeah, different yeah. podcasts that push you towards that. So we'll we'll, we'll quickly rehash that right there yeah, for yeah. people who, for some reason, have not heard you say that on Horror Corridor, and not sure.
3: judging them. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. So what? uh Back in like 2013, 2014, like 2012, 2013, I wanted to do YouTube. I wanted to do like a a thing where I was like, yo, I'm going to do a a psychological breakdown of a horror movie and then teach everybody how to make a drink, a cocktail. And it'll be kind of funny. And I never did it because I didn't have a place to film. And it was just – I didn't know how to film. Like, screw that, whatever. So I started listening to podcasts, horror podcasts, like the ones I mentioned before, No Sleep Podcast, Knife Point Horror. Oh, oh, shoot, one I should have mentioned was – Tales to Terrify that's definitely in my top five and so something one of those gets out of it They're probably simply I'm not gonna name a podcast that the one that gets bumped but in Tales to Terrify they had a segment where these two dudes were reviewing a film an author and is like librarian homie and they did The Cabin in the Woods and they also did Marabito and I was like listening to the way they were rev- reviewing these films I didn't know there were film review podcasts this is like 2014 now I didn't know this was a thing and I listened to them. I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I w- OK, podcasts that review horror films. I want to do that. And I drug my feet for like a year and a half listening to like horror movie podcast, dark discussions, a few others. I think I knew who the NFW guys were. Uh, you know, I knew I think I'd maybe heard a 22 Shots of Skeleton Crew episode in somewhere in that time frame. But the two I focused on were like dark discussions and horror movie podcast. And I, th- I said to myself, those are the types of shows I think I would want to do because, you know, that sort of. Uh, pseudo-intellectual well when it coming from me they're actually intellectual I'm not I try to be uh you know trying to do that I'm gonna do that one day I just don't know how shout you know fast forward a year and then I figured it out and the horror corridor was born so just me just wanting to join the conversation and kind of put my two cents out there because I felt like I think I know how to record decent audio and this would be like August or like in 2016 summer 2016 and it was like, I think I know how to record decent audio. And I think I might have a, a viewpoint that I don't hear very often. I'll try it. Let's see if it works. And it's Dude, been fun. You had
2: good choices. Anyone who's reviewing Marabito yeah. gets a fucking thumbs up in my book. Uh, that was when we reviewed Marabito on Kill the Cast. Oh, that is one fantastic. that I I was worried because it, it's, it's fucking out there. It is a weird fucking movie. Uh, and I didn't know how the guys were going to come to it but uh, man we were able to to talk about hollow earth theory we were a, we we got in me and Kenneth got into this deep talk about uh like what he saw like like that was just a, a fucking movie that there's so much to dig out from cuz like on kill the cast we kind of bounced between a horror corridor and like a, 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 a exploding heads well a, a skeleton crew I should say yeah yeah that, uh, that makes sense yeah where we will talk about something very, very deep. Like, we have episodes where we go super deep. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still, to this day, will put our Last House on Left episode against anyone's Last House on Left episode.
3: I'm right, yeah. Like, and folks, if you didn't hear, that's the my first guest spot with them. And I, episode 30, uh, I can't remember. 30 i don't four. remember
2: actually 24
3: sounds pretty close maybe because i um, yeah but man we yeah we knocked that out of the park and i am proud of that i i, I would agree with you came up with shit on that
2: episode oh. i never hear anyone dude i mean me and kenneth like before we recorded that episode we we're just like dude we're recording with watson we gotta we gotta bring our fucking a game when oh, you did. And I was like, oh, dude, I've got, I love Last House on the Left. Left. Most people, I don't know anyone who loves Last House on the Left as much as I do. Yeah, So yeah. much of that, it's my favorite Wes Craven movie. Um, And I brought shit to that. When we were doing that episode and Watson was like, ho- gave, gave me the holy shit, like, I never even thought about that. That's fucking genius moment. I was just like, I've made it. <laughs> i have i am successful yeah. i called my mom oh. and i told her about it <laughs> like it was so yeah, yeah. fantastic but we and we 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 went we went really deep again on uh cannibal from 2006 oh, like
3: wow that episode was nuts
2: but then we have episodes where it's literally just a fun time where we're just in there we're just kind of having a lot of fucking fun well, like our uh best of a decade episodes well and even um, then
3: like your episodes and this is what i like about that because I used to listen to a f- like a couple dozen easy, maybe like three dozen horror podcasts, and I've since pared it down to only a few because you know there's some podcasts that, and I don't mean to be insulting. It's just you know they, they don't even really talk about the movie. They laugh through the whole they, thing. And, they repeat and,
2: IMDb facts. And yeah,
3: you know they just kind of repeat that, or they you know they, they don't even really talk about the plot, and you sort of get lost. And I just, I my time is like I don't have as much of it as I used to, and so I like I, I sort of pared it down to those ones that give me the goods with with making me laugh or making me like learn. And obviously, you know, before we were, you know, I mean, you know, before you joined the network and then, you know, and and now, you know, you have other plans that you're up to these days, you know, I, I, when I first heard your show, it was like, okay, this is a like-minded show here, you know, and obviously I saw the, you know, the link to Skeleton Crew because you, you guys are, you know, very similar in approach because Alex is the man and you're the man. And, but it was like, one thing I loved about their show, high production value slash they make you think with, you know, Jamie, she can't help it. The Dan's exuberance, Alex's sharp production, like it's a freaking combo that from heaven. And so I look for shows like that. And sometimes I have friends who have podcasts, some non-whore ones too, that I'm just like, I tell them I listen and I don't. I'm just like, I, I, you guys suck. And it's not that like you just, you didn't say anything. You just laughed the whole time and you think you're important. And even me, like I say, I guess what people could perceive to be our interesting things, but I, I don't think it's important. I think like, you know, I think I'm a dumbass. Yeah, You know what? This brings up a good point. Let's
2: quickly go over. If you do this in your podcast, we don't listen to you. Oh, no, no. Uh, This is sound negative. Oh, no. But I don't mean it to be negative. (laughs) I mean this to be an improvement because you know what? If I heard this on my own podcast, sure, sure, I wouldn't listen to it. That's like the only way you will get better at doing something. If someone tells you what you're doing wrong, because you may not see it. When I go back and listen to early Kill the Cast episodes, I just go, geez, you can tell every episode I did after the Phantasm Kill the Cast episode uh-huh. is directly influenced with me being a better host because I started listening to Skeleton Crew and oh, okay. I started learning from Alex. Yeah. Alex is one of the best hosts yep. in the fucking game. Yep. You want to know how to be a good fucking host? Listen To skeleton crew episodes, go listen to Married with Children podcast. Like he, you will fucking learn. So he is. Here's things I want you to remember if you're podcasting. Keep in mind when you're telling a personal story, you need to be really good at telling that story because a lot of times the people will have no idea who the fuck you're talking about. If you're giving me a fucking 10 minute speech about how you went to the mall with your best friend to buy something for a birthday, I don't really give a shit. You need to be <laughs> like Watson and tell the story as it matches with the podcast, matches with the material, and you need to be able to make it entertaining. If you're yeah. just rehashing some fucking going to the mall story with with Betty, I don't know Betty. Who the fuck is Betty? <laughs> Who the fuck is Betty? You know, it just bothers me. um, if you you, okay, a podcast is an audio form. You need to have at least decent audio. You need to make sure no one on your podcast is screaming into the mic. yeah, yeah, that, and I'm not talking about like what Jeremy does on twenty two shots. they they've got that. <laughs> I'm talking legit. I have listened to podcasts where I had to stop listening because one dude kept screaming the mic whether it was this weird high-pitched laugh he had that where i was like just just turn away from the mic when you do it (laughs) all i'm asking uh do you have a pet peeve that when
3: you hear on a podcast you're just like oh Mm. fuck it 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 always like everything you said is about right you know stick to the stick to the content and look you know i I, i'm sure people could say watson but you're your episodes are over long and hey I feel you I'm working on it but it, it is it is relevant though it, there's never irrelevant stuff to say even though my first nine episodes I was trashed the whole time only 10 when I got sober and stopped doing that but like uh the, the thing is it's it mainly has to do with the reviews and if like just like I said if you're just kind of just barely rehashing the movie sort of saying plot there were some there were some shows I've listened to recently that were the deciding factor where I was like, oh, I, I know these people. I like them. You know, some of them I know. Some of them I don't. Where I'm just like, I, I can't I can't do the show anymore because you didn't tell me anything. You didn't even tell me about the movie. Thank God I've seen the movie. Like, it'd be like if I talked about Halloween, sort of gave you a synopsis, and then sort of just joked around with everybody. It didn't tell yeah, you so what I thought. I can't do that. Like, I Halloween can't
2: do Halloween was, there's a dude and a chick and a knife. Yeah. Uh, but... Man, what was up with the fucking mask? That just looked goofy. The hair was all weird. Anyway,
3: <laughs> that's our review of Halloween, yeah. guys. And it happens, man. And, and sometimes there are friends of mine who do these shows, and I'm and and I'm just like, ah, I can't do it. And also, uh, and not every show even has to edit. Uh, some don't. But like, if there's zero editing, like you know, maybe zero mixing, or you know, not everybody's got a master. You don't have to sound like my show or like you know the shows that are like legit in studios. But if I if I if if I hear and that, uh, like a, a host or, you know, an editor, producer put work into the show, it makes me want to hear it. It makes me really just like tune in and be like, oh, they worked on this. So when I hear kind of the more effortless podcast, not the one that, that like, and sometimes that's a compliment where it's so effortless, it's like, damn, how did they do this it, like, and like, and just pull it off so well on the spot? Those people are gifted, you know, like the Exploding Heads guys. I know Lev Christian is a great editor and does a lot of, you know, really awesome edits too, but like they, they know how to just, do their performance, not perform. But yeah, it's a You know, for their performance, their critiques, and then you hear it. It's just like shit. Those guys know what they're <laughs> yeah. doing. Wow, holy it's, crap! When, you know, when I
2: have someone on Kill the Cast, I tell them, I'm like, hey, look, we are not like shows that do tons of editing. You better be oh. on point because when yeah. we start, we fucking start. We will stop if you need to. I have no problems editing breaks if sure. I need to. But for the most part, like we are a like natural flow show. It is going yes. to start yes. and go all the way to the ending. And the editing I do is on the front, on the back, and then I do I do like noise reduction and noise yeah, yeah. and equalization stuff. And I will edit. I have a little uh fucking post-it note pad by my side where in a pen. And if I have to edit something while I'm recording, I'll write it down. Or if someone yes. says something to me after,
3: will you edit this part? I'll go do it. Oh. But like well, your show's great you, for that too, like Exploding Heads, where you guys just have that chemistry enough to where you can just go, hit record and go, and it can sound good, but not everybody can do that. And you can tell when they can't. And so when I hear long, crazy pauses, it takes five seconds to edit that out. And I would encourage you to, you know, any podcaster, go with the extra mile and do it. it, it seriously, it'll make your show better. It really will. <laughs> like, and it's really not that hard. If you pull up Audacity, it is not hard to
2: sit there and go – there's a gap cut, there's a gap cut, yeah. there's a gap cut. It It's tedious. It takes yeah. some time to do it. Throw on a fucking movie and just go in there and, yep. and cut fucking long spaces. There's another thing you can do in Audacity that will, like, trim it for you. Oh. But I've heard horror stories. Uh, I know Paul Stevenson from Who Will Survive Horror Podcast has Love talked that, about it. it before. I think he talked about it actually in the episode with Christian uh, for Friends Till the End. Yep. Uh, And they talked about it, and they talked about, like, he was just like it works but if i don't if you if you do it incorrectly
3: you'll start cutting off like the ends of words. Yes, and that's the danger like when i edit and stuff like that like you sometimes especially when i get too close to my mic and the mic is hot you will hear there are things like your mouth does that you don't detect when you're actually talking to somebody out in the open but when it's being recorded with this software and being recorded it with that volume suddenly you hear little tongue clips and lip smacks and I've gotten really good at just manually going through each each you know I have to go through the episode in real time and fade those in and out cut them it can be tedious but it ultimately comes out to the you know to be a good product and so I think people like you know the shows where they sound like naturals and you're just in on this fun conversation or a show like mine where it's just me so I don't have the benefit of that but you'll hear all the work I put into editing. And look, I don't do a bunch of takes. Sometimes when I used to drink a ton, I'd have to do a bunch of takes because I'd forget what I was doing. I'd lose my place in my notes and I couldn't read it or I'd slur my word and be like, I should probably try that again. But I, I don't do many takes at all. Sometimes I'll pause and take a drink of water and then edit out the pause. Like, So you're none the wiser. I'll take breaks, but you won't know it. I won't record on the same day. I might record a month later. And unless I tell you, you don't know. So like, that's the. Uh, I like the work that people can put into it if you're not a natural. And it's okay if you're not but you can make yourself sound like one with the bright editing. <laughs> That's true. But don't fall into the rabbit
2: hole of editing because oh, you could edit yes. yourself to something never coming out. Where do you think, like, like, why do you think we've never gotten another liking it episode from Jamie? Because Jamie is a perfectionist
3: and a brilliant genius. It,
2: exactly. it's it, it's it, She like will go in there and just edit everything and i'm just kidding that's not why we don't have a no podcast. it's not she so, drunk texted me
3: uh, uh she drunk uh Facebooked me uh like uh, i think last week <laughs> it was awesome oh <laughs> Watson, i'm god. drunk and i love you and i appreciate you so much i'm like god damn jamie i i'm sober and the feelings are are mutual so uh, i just actually
2: I, I i just bought uh two of the books brian's edited i bought two of those off of him and started reading those and they're oh, really nice. good
1: brian is so freaking cool
2: Exactly. Speaking of cool and speaking of taking notes, Ah. uh, what is, how do you research a movie? What, when you're going to review a movie, how do you go about taking notes? How do you go about research? How do you like, especially for you, because you, I've, I've heard you tell me that you literally will go in there with just a stack of of fucking Mm -hmm. notes for everything you're You're going to cover now. What's your
3: process? So when I watch a movie, when I watch a film, Especially for the types of reviews I want to do, like yeah, I like to do the reviews of like the fun movies where it's not trying to say anything big. Those films are easy to take notes for because then I'm just going to talk about the sort of a more objective components of the movie, like like how it's filmed, how it's lit, how it's edited. Those are you know the special effects and those things. That's easy to break that down. Even if you go to bloody bits and you hear movies I've given like a two out of ten, I will still give it that treatment. That sounds very kind of neutral the whole time. I'm not gonna just come out and be like, "Fuck this movie, it's shit." Like, no, I, I like to, you know, tell you here, here are the here are the reasons why I would say this is a two out of ten, so you can understand, you know, my opinion. And, and if you align with it, rock and roll. If not, but when we're talking the deeper movies that have something to say, I I try. Well, I watch every movie, even if, it, if even if it's not evident right away, looking for the underlying themes. What's this? What's this filmmaker trying to say? What are the themes that I noticed that I can maybe relate to myself personally? Or like I said, life imitates or art imitates life. So sometimes we find ourselves reflected in that art. So what is this trying to say? Happy Death Day. You know, that that, that movie doesn't seem like a deep movie and it, it kind of isn't. It's kind of vapid. But there is a theme of redemption that runs, you know, underneath that whole film, like a, a current of, 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 of that redemption, of that do-over, of God, I wish I had a second chance. And if you've ever been in that position like the movie toys with those themes and you can sit there and connect with that. And that's just a, a little cheesy PG 13 slasher. You know how much yeah, actually moods moods. He
2: turned it. the podcast off. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, we've talked but about Andrew it. just got a hard yeah. on.
3: We, we've talked about it. Moods and, and Moods also knows I'm behind him that, Hey, it's not for our demographic. It's not for gr- It's not for grown dudes. You know, it's, it, it's Moods and I are in our thirties and uh, you know, and you know, it's, it's, it's not for us, you know, I'm not comfortable you know, that my place of comfort when I watch a movie is not like a sorority where they're bitchy and, but it's funny and and fine movie, whatever. But even a movie like that, I can. So when I, okay, when I watch a film, I'm looking for those underlying themes, those psychological underpinnings. Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. I don't like to force it, but sometimes I I, I mine those out and then I put it into my own, my own words, and, you know, sometimes I'll look for interviews with the director, producers, the stars to find out what they think of the film, like with It Comes at Night, that director made a movie that would have been awesome 15 years ago, fantastically shot film, but it was a little late to the whole post-apocalyptic party. I won't shit on the movie because it's a fantastically, technically, it's a marvel in that regard, but I thought, I thought it was a little bit late to the party. And I loved it at first because it was like, I know this director knows what about the world he's placed his characters in and then you read interviews you find out he knew nothing about the world he placed his characters in and that kind of makes me go ah okay well okay well how does that change how I feel about the themes of the film because there are strong themes there and I that's kind of the first thing I look for the themes the underlying content and then from there I go into sometimes production facts sometimes personal stories that make me laugh like You know, if things have happened, you know, like I watched a movie called Like, Share, Follow about a YouTube star who has a a female stalker and she kind of has this freak out. And I, you know, if I were to review that, I would talk about a freak out an ex-girlfriend did that reminded me exactly of that movie just to kind of make people laugh and bring them into the story. So it's just about kind of that relational value of sort of pulling people in with the sort of intellectual stuff and then kind of bringing it in a little personal so they have a piece of me there they can be like oh man like maybe they had a crazy ex-girlfriend or crazy ex-boyfriend who freaked out on them and they can be like yeah i've been there man and you know they can sort of see the theme for themselves and maybe see themselves reflected in the art so that's kind of what i go for one of the things you just
2: said is interesting when you're talking about the director of it comes at night uh you thinking he knows so much about this world of characters and then you find out he he doesn't yeah Uh, when you watch a movie there's two different movies there there is the movie that the director made and what they intended to to show the audience. Yes. And then there's the audience's rendition of what they saw. Yes. It's the their their rendition of the artist and what they take in. And it's funny when you have movies where people will be like this movie means this and then the director will come out and be like no, no it fucking doesn't. I don't uh, yep. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> Uh, and it's very, it is very interesting because that person oh, yeah. can sit there and go, "Well, look at this, 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 this is an example of it," and you're just like, "No, for the last time, Ghostbusters is not a right wing Republican movie." <laughs> Thank you. Okay, <laughs> it's not. I don't care who you are. Yes. It doesn't fucking happen. I'm clapping. Um, I'm clapping. Episode one, know, folks of Horror Corridor. <laughs> I know my Horror Corridor. You do. Which, by the way, guys, if anyone wants to know my favorite episode. It's when him and Watson, uh, him and Little Watt reviewed the
3: mist. Oh yes, that was such a that special. Is my,
2: that is my favorite episode.
3: That was a special, yeah, episode five, folks. I first time I brought my son on. His voice sounds so different now. If you listen to episode eleven, it's like a year and something, and year and change later, in his voice—he's a teenager now. Uh, but yeah, Jerry, no, you mentioned that, and you know, people talk about death of the author, and that's a side of the, you know, that's a part of the debate that I'm always just like on the fence about as a reviewer and as an artist. It's like you know, Jordan Peele recently. Was on. Uh, he did a YouTube video where he debunked fan theories. Oh, about I Get watched out. that. And that people, was really some people, good. Some people had these awesome things they're trying to say about about this and that, and he just kind of came out like, "Uh, sure, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, intentional. Yep." And sometimes he's like, "Yes, I meant that," and sometimes he wasn't. And it, it was just cool to see that. And so you can make a decision right there. You know, oh, the art is out now, so I can make of it what I want. Or well, n- these days we have all this technology where we can see who wrote the movie they can make videos they could be online they have this big presence in the 1600s i don't know who wrote this tome this ancient tome so i'm gonna have to interpret it because i don't know the context i yeah. don't know this and that but now we have context so I I would side on the fact, and if I were an artist, if I had a rap song or an acoustic song or just any genre I do or a poem or a a movie and somebody told me, well, this is what it means, and I honestly was like, well, I I feel you, but maybe here's what I was thinking and no, it's not that, but check this out. And if someone were to actually have the balls to be like, well, no, it doesn't mean that because it's art and it's out to me now, I'd be like, hey, fuck off. Yeah, (laughs) see, here's the thing with (laughs) that. As an artist. Context (laughs) matters and
2: if we have the context from the person who created the art they get ultimate say. Yep. I'm sorry, they do. They know the context. Yep. You can look at it a different way and that's cool, but but you can't sit there and tell me that this is
3: what the artist meant if the
2: artist has a statement out that clarifies it. Exactly.
3: And it can get confusing because sometimes, you know, people will say, especially the Freudians will be all like, well, unconsciously they were tapping into the social paradigm of the times and doing all these things. It's like, maybe they were, um, but maybe they weren't. Yeah. And and there's something
2: to be said about the subconsciously putting in your, what, what is happening in the world when they made that movie or subconsciously things that influence them. As to to what helped them create this movie, and there is a chance that maybe the director didn't see it until you pointed it out. Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, you're yeah. right. I did. I was influenced by the Sekiro Kurosawa film I saw uh, when I was a child, and didn't really realize it. And that is that is where I kind of got the inspiration for this piece.
3: Exactly, and well it, said. You know, and that's what like just boggles my mind about arts criticism. Is like, you know, I, I don't try to be objective anymore. I know I want people to be. I want to be clear about my stance so people can align with that or align against it or, or, you know, or just find like, ah, now when Watson says it's a five, I say it's a 10 when, you know, so they get me as long as I explain it clearly. But when we start getting into what the, you know, the author means slash, you know, death of the author slash context and, you know, the, the the collective unconscious and all this stuff, uh, you know, I try to juggle all those the best I can to kind of mine from it all a review that I feel is, is well worded and conveys my feelings overall And sometimes, you know, I I just, I kind of withdraw from a lot of the conversation about uh, kind of everything we've said, I consider, but sometimes it gets so complex. It's like, well, here's what I think about the movie. It seems to line up with the context. I hope it's okay. I hope people like it. (laughs) You know, it's sort of open Yeah,
2: because at the end of the day, someone's going to disagree with you and there's nothing you can do about that. Yep. That's and fine. I and if we can't have the conversation about it, if you just want to yell at me, then I'm am just gonna walk away. Exactly, I'm like not deal like, with like
3: you and I have very differing opinions of the witch. But the cool thing is, we both said our piece. Well, I've never have on online, but I have to you. You know, like, yes. you know why we think what we do, and it's clear. And so now, you know, it sort of gives me a, a sort of a, a base, uh, you know, baseline to say, okay, so when there's a movie like this, and Jerry's not into it, but I am. This is kind of where we align as far as to film critics go. And it's, it's just cool. I, I, like, I like to know where everybody is, and that's why that's why I listen to the shows I do, even if I don't agree. Like like Don and Ellie and, uh, and the homie Andrew Schroyer, sometimes they say the most whacked-out stuff I've ever heard about a film. But I'm not like – there's no part of me that would disparage them for that. Though I sit there and I think, OK, so here's where my number is in relation to theirs, and they have their taste as long as they made it clear, and they typically do. I don't think they ever haven't. If they make it clear why they think it, it's gold. You know? Yeah, and to be fair, you can
2: have those fucking whacked out fucking opinions. I love it. I love Hell, it. I can name I can name a few of mine. I don't like The Shining. I don't like A Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think uh fucking uh Last House on the Left is the best Wes Craven film. Those are fucking whacked out opinions. Everyone has a couple of them. Yeah, it is just a matter of can you? What can you then go back and say unbiased? I can go and say The Shining is an amazing movie. It oh, yeah. is. It is it is wonderfully done. So is the witch. Mm, yeah. But I don't like them. Like with the shining it's just I, I my problem with Kubrick is he's so painstakingly like uh, nitpicky about his own creations. Yeah. That it's it's the apple of fucking uh directors. Everything's going to be done the exact way he wants it. There's no wiggle room. You will sit there and you will fucking take it. I ain't editing yep. it out shit. Oh yeah. Um and with the witch and with the witch I just feel like there's a gigantic missed
3: opportunity in sure, that movie. Sure. And you made um, that clear and that's the that's that's the gold of having yeah. this 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 voice on the mic. Like you know Back what you say about the Shining. Yeah what you say about the shining. Like I have a shining uh throw rug in my bedroom here where I am recording and uh, but uh, the movie, I like it. I, I do think it's a masterpiece of cinema, but it's not like a go-to for me, but I adore the book. I don't sit there and say, fuck the movie. Cause I'm the book guy. I love the book. I like the movie. I have a shining, uh, throw rug on my, on my floor, you know, the pattern uh, of, of the floor yeah. of the carpet. And it looks great. It, it, it ties the room together in the words of the big Lebowski, but like, oh uh, yeah. yeah, but like, I don't, uh, it's not like that thing I'm like crazy for. Uh, kind of for the reasons you said, and, and, uh, you know, I don't know, we could go, that's a whole other conversation, yeah, that's, but that's, I feel yet, you
2: know, that's another rabbit hole, yeah. but it, it's still the thing. Now, uh, you have, have done a top 10 on almost every type of media, uh, but you've also stated that those top 10s are ever changing. There's always yeah. multiple different lists. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about your list as of today. Oh, wow. Is the vampire list still your number one book? Yes. There you go, folks. Some things are never changing. Now, Mm movie-wise, as of today, what's your favorite movie?
3: See, okay, so back on episode two when I did that top list, I I took out Ghostbusters. That is my favorite movie of all time. That will probably never change. Uh, But I did six different top 30 because that that episode two featured a discussion on uh, what is horror, slash a top 31 film list among other things and i took the list i made six different lists of 31 films one of them like a few of them they were just so stereotypical that i'm just like man i I don't know and i went with one that was a little focused more on modern horror and just kind of went with that because i thought it might get people talking uh and the top the number one of that was trick or treat i don't know that i was i would probably go with the the exorcist after ghostbusters as my number one for that list i'd probably go for like yeah probably the exorcist you know, I gotta say, uh, I
2: I have watched uh, movies based off recommendations from podcasts. Yeah. Um, I watched Trick or Treat based off your review of it. Oh, I didn't I didn't um, know that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I watched Krampus based off your review. Oh, that's right. And I so fucking loved that movie. I'm so happy you did. That I, I it is a Christmas tradition for me now. Yes.
3: Uh, yep. In my household too.
2: Um in fact, I can tell. Uh, like there are certain times when I'm listening to a podcast, I can tell you exactly where I was when I listened to that specific thing. like I can t- I know what I was doing when I listened to y'all review the mist because oh, wow. I had to go out and and fucking gather a bunch of carts in a parking lot and it was slightly cold oh. and uh, and I can remember <laughs> that because I so much loved that episode and uh have you ever had a like moment like that for podcasting yes you're listening to a podcast and you love it so much you can sit there and go i was doing this when i when i was listening to y'all review this movie
3: yeah yeah there's a let's see i was listening to dark discussions episode on the evil dead remake and it sucks as they hated it so much. And I love that movie. Oh, I fucking love that. Okay, okay. I'm glad you do. I was, I wasn't sure. How I just, to...
2: I listened yeah. to, to you on the, uh, evil dead, oh, uh, exploding, exploding, heads. exploding heads episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what drugs you
3: were on. You were talking so fast. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I know. I was, Um, I was hyped up. I'd had like so much freaking caffeine that day. Like, and I wasn't even supposed to record with them. It was just a surprise and I had no notes. I was so just like off the seat of my pants. Like, like I've been for a lot of tonight, but there are a, a few notes. I have little pointers to help me remember things like list, list questions and whatnot. But yeah. Um, yeah, with, with that one, I remember I was grouting a shower, uh, in a house that's a few miles from where I am now in the middle of nowhere. While I am listening to Dark Discussions episode of the of Evil Dead. And that was one of the key episodes of a podcast where I was like, you know what? This was like 2015 or, or – yeah, I think they did it in 2015 or early 2016. No, they did it in 15, but I think I listened to it in 16. And I thought that's it. No, it was 15. I'm sorry. I'm going back and forth. Where I was just like, you know what? That's it. I'm recording a podcast because I, I, I wish I were on that show talking right now so I could defend it, so I could say this and that. And uh, yeah, that's like I was grouting a shower in a house. I could take you to the house now. And cool place, out in the middle of nowhere. No one lives there still. Not not the meth house? No, the meth house where I recorded episode 10 <laughs> of my show was... Uh, I actually listened to... Uh, let's see. I listened to your episode on the black cat
2: at that huh, at Fucking... I love the Black Cats movie so much. Yep, it's so- I have reviewed it twice on Kill the Cast, and then when the Skeleton Crew did it, I went on...
3: That was and
2: Oh, I was only supposed to do the Black Cat, but Alex was just like, do you want to do the other ones? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do those. <laughs> I woke up at fucking 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning to record that oh, shit.
3: Man, see, and, that's, and I know that the Skeleton Crew recorded early, especially like for someone over here on the West Coast, because I was supposed... They were planning on doing the what was it? The, uh, the final destination franchise. And Alex hit me up when we barely knew each other at the time. And he's like, homie, I want you to have like a uh, first pick on guest spots, pick the movie that you want a uh, final destination if we wind up doing it. And I chose number two and he's like, Okay, yeah, I'll let you know if we're going to do it. And then they, sadly they, they couldn't, they never got around to it. And, but it was cool. Like, and, but he was like, okay, is eight okay for you? I'm like, yeah, eight's great. And he's like, Oh, AM. I'm like, for us i'm like wait what <laughs> You guys yeah are i'd have to wake up at five okay <laughs>
1: yeah. i have
2: done i have done a I did a, 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 a actually i did a lot of skeleton crew episodes for the <laughs> last run that was awesome um oh it's fucking fantastic uh but yeah having to wake up that early fucking <laughs> sucked uh, um okay so i don't know why i'm randomly getting a notification on the kaiju transmission podcast but thanks Uh, so before, uh, we get into the Dave Z, I have, I have one last question for you. Okay. Um, can you tell me a time when you were a kid that a horror movie actually scared you?
3: Oh my gosh, Jerry. Here's the thing. I'm so jealous of my son because he's not scared by anything. He said that Insidious was the only movie to freak him out, uh, when he saw it as a kid because he felt like he could like, he dreamt where he would leave his body that's the only movie that's ever done it he he otherwise my son does not get scared by everything now in contrast i would get scared by everything and it was it was it was crazy like i loved it i, I ate it all in like a psychopath but it all scared me i mean we had a friend who would who claimed in like the third grade that michael myers walked the streets of our neighborhood and i was convinced he does like he he's here this is this is Haddonfield, and we're we're dead and uh, i remember <laughs> having this this friend who lived a couple of houses down and I walked over to his house and now it's time to walk back home. It's nighttime. Okay. It's a rural area. So it is a bit of a, you know, the houses are spaced apart. I, I see my house way down the street. Okay, go. And then my mind starts wandering to, to all the slashers and how they're outside. And it wasn't any one movie that did it. It just, they all just crept in and I was so frightened. Like I was, I, I knew I was going to die. I knew I was going to die before I got home. So I was just scared of everything, man.
2: I love that when we're kids, how easy we believe, we'll just believe anything. My grandfather showed me a grave that, that was in his backyard mm-hmm. and it, that grave legit said Voorhees on it. Oh my God. Okay. And he would tell me that's Jay, where Jason's mom's buried. Cause even at a young age, I would watch horror. I saw Jaws at the age of four. I started watching the Friday 13th, the cut versions on like yep. the sci-fi Same channel. Here. I'd Same watch them with him. Uh, when I was five or six, you know, I, I watched one, and he tells that's where Jason's mom is buried. That, that's a cool dude. Why I believed that. I don't fucking know. And then like in his shed, he had like a, a, like generic Halloween, uh, hockey mask <laughs> and a machete. And he'd be like, he'd be like, I have to keep these hi- hidden in here, you know, cause I don't want him to find them. Oh my God, You know, and funny story. I actually just found out that the, uh the uh the people who actually that the legit family member was buried in there they actually came and got the tombstone they they had lived in the in the area before and they asked for the tombstone um but they told them there was no body we don't know if that's true or not but they oh. were just like it was no body it was just a tombstone wow um and they took the tombstone um oh but yeah gosh. as kids we have like the stupid most irrational fears i've yep. told my uh, story about how I watched Silver Bullet as a kid and thought a werewolf was outside oh, my yes. uh,
3: window. That was a specific um, movie that would, would get me pretty damn frightened, sir.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a fucking kid. It, he, the only thing in this world he has to protect him is fucking Gary Busey's teeth. That's not <laughs> a lot of protection.
3: Okay. <laughs> oh, what man. are you going to fucking do with that? That is awesome. Yeah. Scream was another one of those when I was in middle school, when that movie came out, just the whole idea. And I explained this in episode 11 of the show of, of horror corridor that like, dude, we didn't know anybody who had a cell phone, but we knew people had them. And the, just the thought of somebody could, that could be anywhere. You know, the call could be coming from inside the house, outside the house, and you don't know what's going to happen. And we would all psych ourselves up and, Oh, I saw something. And, uh oh man those those are the days when that movie magic could really take hold you know as a teen so
2: the first i don't know if i've told this story but i might have the first time i ever watched the last house on the left i was at my dad's house for the summer because my parents are divorced if you have divorced parents you know whatever parent you live with you have to go to the other one for the summer so i'd gotten there and keep in mind i am like 15 16 at this point Uh, i'm a teenager. I brought a carton of cigarettes with me. Like I, like I was prepared. Uh, this is not the first time I've done that. I I had bought like, I think the year after that, I bought like hard drugs with me and did it. Like I did it. I did a big acid trip at his house, which is a a hilarious story. I'll have to tell you. (laughs) Um, uh, but like, and so he had to go, my dad has always like worked as I got older. He had gotten bigger jobs where he had to like go out of town. So I got to his house, and he's like, I've got to go out of town. There's enough food and drinks here, and I'll leave you some money for whatever the fuck ever. Uh, A guy named Kim lived two houses down. If you need anything, go see him. Uh, I'm going to be gone for the weekend. I'm like, sweet. Cool. Okay. My dad has always been a big uh, person about having movies and entertainment. Yeah. So I'm looking through his fucking hundreds and hundreds of VHSs and DVDs, and I find a DVD for The Last House on the Left, and it's like, by Wes Craven, who brought you Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm like, well, Nightmare on Elm Street sucks, but maybe this is better. <laughs> so, now this house is surrounded by trees. Surrounded by woods. Much like a house in a certain movie. That's true. So, I watched this the first night he's gone. That Friday night. And I literally spend the rest of the time that I'm there until he gets back. Just chain smoking and watching like... Old porno like Debbie does Dallas because there's <laughs> nothing bad that will happen there. As I'm just paranoid as fuck. Oh gosh. That I am going to die. Krug and company are going to fucking kill me and rape me and play with my intestines and look at each other all fucking distraught over my dead fucking body. <laughs> so I'm just horrifying. chain smoking and watching Debbie does Dallas. For the rest of this fucking weekend. Uh,
3: you poor kid. That, 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 would, oh, that would do it. Like, I... Jeez.
2: Like, and you would think... At, at like, 15 and 16, you're like, no, I'm a badass. I ain't fucking afraid of nothing. No, my pussy ass was scared <laughs> to fucking death. That's awesome. That I was going to die.
3: Ch- chain smoking.
2: <laughs> it's... it Yeah, it just fucking... Like, I'm chain smoking Marlboro Lights this entire fucking weekend. Oh, dude.
4: <laughs> I love it.
2: It's fantastic. All right, it is time to get in to the Dave Z questionnaire. We have two big questionnaires, and we're starting off with the Dave Z. Dave Z said, Ooh. Dustin Ray Watson, don't peek. It will be better to get your answers without thinking. Trust me, homie. <laughs> here you go, Jerry here I want to play oh, a game. Gosh. You're being shipped to a desert island after this recording. As soon as we're done recording, Watson. Your okay. ass is on a yeah. fucking island. They were remaking It's Alive three, and you're on okay. that island. Okay. So, gotcha. I'm going to give you a few things, and you have to tell me which one you're choosing. Now, no explanation. Well, he didn't. Now he didn't add this. I'm adding this because okay. I think it's better when it when it's stuff like this. No explanation. Awesome. So, quick fire. What are you choosing? Here we go. First one up: Alien franchise or Tremors franchise? Tremors. Oh, I, I, I'm going alien. All right, creature features or supernatural horror. I know what your answer will be. I'm supernatural horror. I, I'm creature features. All right, alcohol and drugs or masturbation. <laughs> Dave Z,
3: oh, uh, alcohol. Uh, not, I don't, not drugs, but alcohol. Okay, I'm going masturbation. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, I'm on an island. Oh. It's uh, still alcohol. I, okay. I, I want to die by dehydration. This is a good one. Music or movies? Oh, damn.
2: Music. Okay. I'm going movies, even though, like, mostly just because I feel like there's more uh, uh, entertainment value there. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The RZA or Dr. Dre?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, sh- oh, uh,
2: Dr. Dre. I'm going The RZA. He's the motherfucking RZA. Dude, Wu-Tang I, I know, is for I, the children.
3: I know, I know. Like those last two questions, I could have just gone either way with them.
2: All right. Porno, sex to watch, oral or anal? <laughs> if, the,
3: if, the, if the lady's receiving, then oral, but otherwise the latter option.
2: I'm going oral. There's something about a chick blowing a dick that makes her uh, so much more attractive Dave, to me. Dave, I love you. Uh, Oh, here we go. Exploding heads or twenty-two shots. Oh, son of a
3: bitch! Okay, twenty-two shots has not had me on their show, ergo, exploding heads.
2: Ooh, um, they've had me on
3: twice. They've had me on twice. So and they don't I'm. Even like
2: us. I'm not going to do that route. Um, yeah, you can stay out of that one. Just, just because, because I have, I have not been on either show. But hashtag fuck Jeremy, exploding heads. Uh. <laughs> That's what they did. Oh, I don't know what to tell oh, them. That question, hurt. That
3: question uh, hurt.
2: Jigsaw or Hannibal Lecter? Hannibal. Uh, I'm with you there. Pro nice. wrestling or MMA? MMA. I'm going pro wrestling just because I've never really gotten to MMA. I want my uh, half-naked guys with some drama. You know what I'm saying?
3: Fair, fair enough. Uh, I've been to some matches, uh, not like the big professional ones, but I've seen some like MMA stuff, and uh, I I knew somebody who was training at an MMA gym, and it was just a lot of fun to see them do their thing. So I'm a little more acquainted with that over wrestling. Gotcha. Okay. Cake Jerk It or Clickety Clackety? Holy shit. That is a funny one. Clickety Clackety. I'm going Cake Jerk It.
2: <laughs> I know you are. That was, uh, <laughs> that was great. And so he ends it with Live or Die, Make Your Choice. Oh, dude, uh, love you. That was, that was so fantastic. fun. Fantastic, uh, Dave. <laughs> I hope the next person I do, which uh, I would like to actually get Brandon. I would love to interview Brandon. I feel oh, like he. he I feel like there's some interesting stuff in there that we don't get to see on Exploding Heads that we take. Uh, we we remove you know Christian out of it. What are, what what are we seeing with Brandon? You know what's well, there?
3: T- yeah, I'll tell you what Jerry is like. You know, I've skyped with Brandon a number of times, and like he is. I'm just gonna out him right now. He's get no. He uh he is a dark-minded motherfucker. Like he is. He's, I knew I liked him for a reason. Yeah, he's yeah he. You know, he's all quips and jokes on the show, but you get a little taste of that on, on Exploding Heads. But if you get him in a, you know, you get him just talking about just in this context in which we're talking right now dude he's got some stuff to say I, yeah it's that'll be an exciting one to see to hear
2: yeah I would definitely be all about that now I also have a couple of uh, questions for you Everyone okay. who I've done this through I've made them do the Friday challenge now okay. what's that was Friday the 13th part two a dream Oh jeez.
3: Fuck! No muffin. Uh, the ending. Jeez, man. I I'm gonna say just from a personal perspective, I don't want to believe that it is because that's my favorite Friday and I hate dream endings. So I'm gonna say no.
2: All right. Was that rat piss?
3: I'm going to say that it it was not, but it should be.
2: Okay. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Did Jason rape Chris? Oh, wow. uh, No. Okay. In Friday four, did Jason kill the dog or did the dog choose to commit suicide?
3: Both of those options are ridiculous because there's no way Jason could have done it but there's also no way a dog would do that like it's just it's just not something that would happen so just i think it's funny to say gordon gordon himself he killed himself so that's the option i'm going with although I, I think the script i haven't seen a behind the scenes anything but i, I believe they probably intended for jason to kill the dog mm. I, I don't know so bonus question are you a dead fuck oh nah, nah not really you i uh, i hope i hope you know, I help young ladies uh, discover themselves. Oh, okay. He's and then they marry somebody else afterwards, sons of bitches. You know, quit giving away the
2: kungalinas for free.
3: <sighs> You're right.
2: All right. Now we've got a few more questions for you. Ian e. Wilhelm Cronenberg <laughs> wants to know your top guy. five metal albums of all time. No pop, no rap, none of that. I want to know what heavy metal albums you smash things to.
3: All right. See, uh, I used to be more into metal than I am now, but I, st- I still bump some metal occasionally. Uh, let's see. Number one will always be White Pony by Deftones. Number two, One of Us is the Killer by The Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, number three. Good yeah, yeah, I know you like them. Number three, I- I'm going to go, even though it is a compilation album, I am going No Remorse by Motorhead. I'm going to say for number four, Juggernaut, Alpha and Omega, the double album that Periphery did. And... Uh, let's see, we'll do one older. Uh, I'm gonna go with "Paranoid" by Sabbath. Fair enough. I do not listen to metal. Uh, yeah, I know. So you I don't. can't yeah. answer that. I listen
2: to the closest I get is is hardcore and post hardcore.
3: Yeah, and I love that stuff too. Yeah, like uh, uh, I, I need to get more acquainted with the stuff that's out now, though. I'm like, I'm out of the scene, like. So yeah, uh, that, yeah. yeah.
2: There's not really a post hardcore scene anymore. It's all metalcore now. Uh, oh, but a few four. bands have started besides Every Time I Die there are a few bands that have come back up 18 Visions has a new album coming out uh, Bleeding Through just announced they're putting out a new album
3: I know I know those uh, do you know Emery? yes yeah I'm a big fan of theirs I've seen them live uh, a few times and I got my arm busted open I had like a I got in a motorcycle accident and had this like a uh, wound that was kind of fresh and bandaged and then we got in the pit and I got I was bleeding all over the place it was disgusting <laughs> way to go yeah. speaking
2: of metal Marco Vertanen Burton and all these people with their fucking names. Why can't you have fans that are like Jake Smith? Yeah, well, uh,
3: Marco is from Finland. I think Ian's from Scotland, I think.
2: Man, you were worldwide, baby. Sometimes. All right. So, when was the last time when you had one of those days where uh-huh. you don't want to wake up, where everything uh-huh. is fucked? Uh-huh. Everybody sucks. Yeah. You really don't know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. I think biscuit represent.
3: Yeah. I think that the last time I had a day like that was the same day. Then I, that I decided I wanted to do it all for the nookie.
2: Did you do it all for the nookie for a piece of that cookie that day? I did. Mm. You know, I have, this reminds me of a joke. I like to do where I like to take rap songs and then just say them really, really white. Hell yeah. My favorite one is, um, uh, uh, do you want to be a baller? A shot caller. 20-inch <laughs> rims only the her. I mean, call her. Get laid tonight. Switch on top get sprayed tonight. You could hit the highway. Making money the flyway. way. <laughs> but there's got to be a better way. A better
3: way. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm dying. And I'll tell you why. This hits me on two separate fronts. Because, first of all, that was an awesome performance. And, second, because Carly on, online, Carly Anderson, uh, that's not even a real name, by the way, she... Suggested we won't say that, your own name, but I know it. Yeah, well, yeah we won't say it, but we, we know, girl. And uh, she. we were joking about how Jeremy Freeman should come back to YouTube to give us those sweet, sweet reviews. And she suggested that he make a new YouTube channel where he reads just in his own style. He reads and then deciphers rap lyrics. Could you I, not picture that going that be, okay. viral?
2: can that not can we make that a patreon dude, perk I'm i will serious. i jeremy make your own per patreon where it is literally like five bucks a month to get that oh, video dude. i will throw five bucks on it watson dude, will throw five bucks oh, on. It. yeah that is ten dollars a month for you to make one video a month where you just read rap lyrics and decipher i will help you make this
3: that is yeah, so I mean, good. Oh, it'd just be so awesome. Like, I I, I can hear it. Like, in his voice and him just being, like, not understanding. gonna being like, what the fuck is that shit? And, like, <laughs> just be
2: can, like, you, oh, Can you picture you. him? Just, yes. uh, you know, slob on my knob like corn on oh, the yeah. cob. I guess someone wants to suck a dick. I don't, like, what?
3: Yeah. See, y'all know me. Still the same OG. What the hell is an OG? Ben <laughs> the- Lowkey. What the? F- yeah, just. Ah. Uh, and he's just getting frustrated because he doesn't understand. And he'll drop the end bombs. Oh. Uh, Oh my god, it's so funny. Yes, so Carly kind of uh tapped into something good and so did you. Yeah, so I'm laughing.
2: Alright, are you ready for your yes. next onslaught of multiple questions from one person? Yes. Alright, Mel Swan brought the heat. I've got a list of questions, if that's okay. Of course it's okay, Mel Swan. You can do what you want. Thanks, Some will be uh, quick and silly and others will be deep. I can't uh-huh. wait to hear this. Name your three favorite Scream
3: Queens, living or dead. Okay, I'm going Linnea Quigley, specifically as Trash from Return of the Living Dead, Barbara Crampton, and Sarah Paxton. All blondes, incidentally. Go figure. Those okay, my three. on top of that, fuck one, marry
2: one, kill one, go.
3: Oh, shit.
2: Yeah, I didn't tell you that part.
3: <laughs> um, okay, okay. I will. I will marry... Yes, okay, I got it. I will marry Barbara Crampton in the 80s, even though I was like not even born. Well, I was born in the but I'll marry Barbara Crampton in the 80s because she's still hot now in the 20-teens. I will make Whoopi with Linnea Quigley as much as possible without ruining my marriage to Barbara Crampton. And sadly, even though she looks like the sweetest of the three, I got to kill Sarah Paxton because she looks identical to a girlfriend I had years back. So sorry, girl, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. He doesn't want to accidentally
2: say the other name and have to kill you during sex anyway. Yep. You might as well just turn it out. The sorry, you got to go why do you bleep out f-bombs on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Lil no, watt demands it or he won't keep up the website
3: actually lil watt was joking he said that in pg like because uh, i try to keep the show pg 13 he says you get at least one uh so okay here's the deal and somebody emailed about this a long time ago and i never read it on the show because they also wanted to talk about their failing marriage and they didn't want me to read the email on the show but uh, I have a foul mouth, and I don't think excessive cursing would help the tone of my show. Like the focus of that show is like you know the pseudo academic thing, and I really believe that saying fuck all the time would take away from the content. So I made a decision to make the show PG thirteen. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's PG thirteen podcast, and just to keep myself in order and in line. Uh, so I, I bleep out any f bombs I might say, you know. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. doesn't now, come up. Recently, you dropped f bombs on exploding heads. My first time on a podcast really doing it just because I just don't, I don't care. Like it's, it's not, you know, I don't know, whatever. If Jamie Sammons can have a foul mouth, so can, so can I. That's a valid point. If you're doing anything
2: podcasting, that is a good like check and balance. Has Jamie done it?
3: Yes, Yes, I can do it. And you know, and on my show, you won't hear it. Like I'll bleep it out, or just not say it. Like I just—I don't need to say it. I just—I in real life, I, I I do swear a lot, and I do. I also talk just like I do on my show. It, you know, I, I don't mean to get you know. You'll hear it here. I mean, we're a lot of this is off the cuff, and we're getting deep, and that's how I am. But it's you know, I not on the show, not on the show. PG thirteen all the way on that show. I feel you. Will you continue to podcast when you start your YouTube channel? Oh man. Um. My son asked me that a little bit ago. At first, I probably won't because I, I'm, I will just be getting used to how to do the YouTube consistently and how to get it going. But the goal down the line, when I'm comfortable with filming and editing and that whole process, I plan to launch a podcast again, although it will likely be like a horror fiction show like I described earlier. So that's just something to look forward to in the future. So n- not at first, but all the content you'll be getting from me will be visual rather than audio. But you never know. I might just get a hankering and throw something out there. I don't know.
2: Speaking of horror writing, what is your dream job?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. I would love to be a horror writer. Not too famous, though. Like, famous enough to be rich, but not enough to where people would recognize me on the street. I like anonymity.
2: You don't want to have to get hit by a van and then have to buy the van so you can destroy it so someone <laughs> won't sell it on eBay, is basically what you're saying. Stephen King, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Describe your dream girl.
3: Blonde. Oh, Sorry. Well, okay. Uh, do you, yeah, that, okay. I'm going to be a, a fucking buzzkill here. But on at least two or three occasions, I have been with my dream girl that super hot, fit, smart, uh, interesting girl who takes your breath away every time you see her. That girl who acts like a porn star in the bedroom, acts like an academic in conversation and who's right for you in every way, right for me in every way imaginable. But like, here's the thing about dreams, you know, is that you wake up from them. The thing about dreams is, you know, that they can, they often turn to nightmares. That dream girl might even try to kill you or herself, or someone else, and so my whole concept, I guess, of uh, what a dream girl is, is essentially become this. Okay, say what you mean, mean what you say, be loyal. Uh, shit, uh, understand that I need my space because I'm gonna give you yours. Don't be codependent. Don't be an alcoholic or an addict. Don't film webcam shows with your ex boyfriend, and no violence and no kids. Uh, if that's you, and I wear that last one's a little hypocritical. But, yeah, I was listen. gonna say. Uh, hey, really? He's listen. Nobody nobody in the age range who tends to like me has a kid who's 14 anyway, because otherwise they'd have to get started when they were like six. And so, uh, I don't know if that's you though. If you conform to all that, I don't know. We'll go out and paint the town red or whatever.
2: Yeah. Fun fact. One yeah. out of those three dream girls was actually me in a wig. It was, um, my first tall girl. Yeah. Mm, uh, I loved it. It and was I really, really it. weird. Cause he was like, at what, when he was banging me, he was like, at what point do you turn into the tall man? And I was like, fuck, you've seen Phantasm. Phantasm, baby, yeah. Uh, Good one. uh, (laughs) All right. What, wait, where am I? Okay, oh, this is good. When you meet a girl you like, how do you let her know you're into her? Are you a big flirt? Do you just come right out and tell her you
3: like her? How does it go? She's always with these things. Uh, I've never once, this is is honest to God truth, I've never once made the first move on a girl. Like, I'm good (laughs) at creating the conditions for her to feel comfortable enough to make the first move on me so that's how i do it it's psychological warfare if you will and i will i'm not flirty i I, i'll never just outright ask a girl out i I just talk and it just kind of goes from there like i I, you're a facebook flirt though i be seeing you in these comments watson i'm a smart ass but it's like there's not things there in my emotions like you know hey i'm gonna be smart so i can like you know those dudes who like will comment on a girl's photo like oh blah 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 because it's secretly i'm trying to bang you it, from an inside perspective I, i'm not thinking any of that like i just i just like to be a smart ass and okay. so yeah
2: all right is there a lucky lady in your life right now
3: oh jesus fuck uh I, okay. her name
2: is jesus fuck
3: yeah you her, found her, her uh, name is yeah she's, she's so, at the subway she's so, lucky. so lucky um I found her on Cinco de Mayo. Um, <laughs> okay, so so not very long ago, there was a girl I liked. Uh, I consider her to be the nicest, by far, the nicest young lady with whom I have ever been romantically linked. No one's even close. She's a saint, heart of gold, I found genuinely impressive. Problem was, she was going through some big family issues and had to peace out and leave town, but... Also, she was younger than I had originally been led to believe when we first met. So while I don't – and, look, I don't mind that age gap. I'm sort of just over having to, like, provide a girl with her basic identity. Like, I'd like one who can bring all that to the table because she has a strong sense of herself. That is sexy. That's a dream girl right there. But, I, you know, I wish this girl well. I hope she and her family are great and she can, she can get all that stuff sorted out. What a great woman. But there's kind of a girl right now. It's not something I'm really putting any energy into because <laughs> I'm awesome. Uh, I, I'm just so busy these days. I really can't – like I, I I really believe that any woman who gets involved with me right now will be very off-put when I see her maybe once a week, if that. Uh, I don't know. I'll see where this goes. Like she's very well-spoken. She loves film. She does not like horror, but maybe I can change that. She's also apparently never been on a proper date, which is kind of weird for a girl her age who looks like she does uh, to have not been on a proper date. And by the way, she is – uh a dark-complected brunette i've never my mom is a dark-complected brunette so i hope i don't start seeing her as my mom or i hope i see her as my mom who knows my mom's hot uh, but hell I, I don't know uh I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, yeah she yeah my mom's still my mom's good for her age what's on uh, facebook dude oh, she doesn't have know. one but you should friend yeah. her dude i mean like jerry holla. jerry sends his regards J- jerry and dan chase send they regards but i, I, I don't really want to be your daddy <laughs> you should <laughs> I'm going to make you call uh, me Poppy, though. Oh, my God. I love it when you call Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm just at this place right now where if I, I have my house, I have my yard, my fitness, my son, I have my things I'm up to, and I'm not going to upset that balance for a girl. Um, you know, if she can seamlessly integrate herself into that, and if I could be a positive force in her own routines and her interests, then awesome. If not, cool. Like, you know, if this doesn't go anywhere, I'm not, like, uh, sad about it, even though I do think she's great. So... God, no, well, this, there's this leads kind of a girl. The
2: next question. Long term or short term relationships? She, I
3: figure she would ask this shit. Um, <laughs> she's really on you. She literally wants well, to know like everything about met, your dating life. When, when we first met, uh, I was, I had just gone through my breakup with the, like my last long term relationship back in the summer. And I met her out at a bar up North uh, from where I am now towards Seattle and my intention was to get trashed and, and do some stuff. But I just couldn't bring myself to drink. That's when I went sober. I wound up giving my drinks to their table. And then we partied and talked about horror all night. And it was a blast. Other stuff happened. It was crazy. Even though I was sober, it was just insane. And we just got a feel for one another. She's a cool girl. Melissa's an awesome lady. She's just a, a, a funny, hilarious drunk. Uh, I love her. Uh, so long-term or short-term relationships, that's, yeah. So here's the deal. In my heart, the answer is I can't wait <laughs> To find the next ex-Mrs. Watson. But right now, just like I said about this new young lady, I can't – I just can't dedicate myself to a woman in a way I think a lot of them would like to have a man dedicate himself. And so short-term works best for me as long as it's not like hookup shit. I'm not into that. I don't do that. But it does help that I'm great with breakups. Like there might be that initial – sadness for that first couple days but after that i i bounced back like immediately i don't know if that's good or if that's bad but like my last major relationship lasted for three years we blended our families we lived together two out of three of those years i've like that was the love of my life i thought but once she was gone a week went by and i was back on the path to doing my thing so short term yeah final answer for now
2: speaking of of bouncing back and doing your thing in movies what is better blood or boobs (laughs) <laughs>
3: uh, okay, if it's if it's an adult film, the latter is preferable. But if we're talking horror, blood all the way.
2: All right. Blondes, brunettes, or redheads? Did you really even have to ask this question?
3: I don't know if she knows me as well as I thought she did. Uh, well, up until 2017, I'd exclusively dated blondes. But since then, actually, the it's been only brunettes that i've been chilling with oddly enough that's kind of strange i guess mm. i just don't care anymore i don't know for the,
2: for the record i'm a natural blonde i know it looks Ooh. brown now but i was actually born with like white blonde hair
3: oh, sexy like well everybody thinks you've got red hair but like it's only like it's, red in your beard right? yeah it's yeah. only in the beard
2: i, yeah, I my I hair on the top of my head is all brown
3: that's what i thought okay yeah
2: um all right in one of your episodes you talked about being diagnosed with depression i have hey. diagnosed myself a few years ago Depression can sometimes feel impossible to deal with. How do you keep your depression in check? How do you handle it? We gave you the answers for that already, but if you have anything else you would like to Um, add, Watson.
3: Okay. So yeah, we we did talk about creative outlets as a way to shine light on that particular dark part of of ourselves. Uh, For me, that's the best way to keep it under control, but there's something else I do that's been really valuable to me. Just like with that YouTube channel I'll be launching that I talked about, the whole goal is to understand that darkness in order to understand yourself. So I've been working to get to know my depression. Uh, over the years since I've been diagnosed, I've carefully mapped out the um, the varying intensities of the depression, what will trigger it, what won't, how I react to those triggers, how my mind perceives things, how my diet is, my fitness, sleep patterns, my feelings of worthlessness, those more self-destructive urges, all of that. I, I've worked to understand how I am while under that influence, and it helps me to know where where true north is even when my vision is really cloudy it's not fun it's not easy but years back i came to a point where things got as dark as i could handle i almost didn't make it out of that and i'll just leave it right there but my mind has gotten to a point where rational thought you know at times my mind at two, two separate occasions has gotten to the point where rational thought had stepped out the door and so i was at the whims of the deceiving voice of that inner darkness inside myself so after that, I vowed it's not going to happen again. So when another one of those very dark episodes hit me full force not even a year ago as we record, I had the strength of my knowledge, I guess, about myself and about my darkness to – and you know who I am in the context of that darkness to pull myself to the light. But you know, listen, Melissa, that's just me. Like Jerry said earlier, someone else might require other tools to help them out. That person might need meds. I got on meds years back, and, and they did some damage to me. Uh, it's just probably cause I wasn't given the right medication. I've been in therapy and that was amazing. It's not a one size all fits, you know, one size, uh, one size, all, one size fits all situation. But if anything I've said makes some sense, then, you know, please reach out to somebody you trust, or if you're listening, you know, uh, and start doing what you can to illuminate that darkness by understanding it. That's,
2: yeah, that's a hundred percent. I mean, cause you, cause there can be people have it affect them different. Like for me, for instance, um, I have it to where my thought process will automatically go to worst possible scenarios. Oh, sure. It, it just yeah. jumps straight. And it could be over the smallest things. Sure. And I just, I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop dragging it to like the worst possible scenario. And it, it's fucking awful. And it, it, it like, it just destroys me. And I I'm have sure to try really, talk. yeah, yeah, have to try really, really hard to to like get myself out of that, and like, cause I, I am not on meds right now. I actually want to give meds a try, cause I did meds when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I was I, when I was first diagnosed, I was given Lexapro. Okay. Um, here's the problem with that: Lexapro can affect affect your sex drive. Now, oh, okay. as a teenager, uh, when you start yeah. taking a medication that uh, keeps you from getting a hard on. You stop taking that medication and you go, I'm never taking medication again. <laughs> uh, you're not going to keep me from fucking. Um, so I stopped. I, I didn't, it didn't like greatly affect me or anything. I just was like, I'm not, I'm not, I was tired all the time and I couldn't get a hard on. And I was oh, like, man. fuck that. Uh, For sure. So I, I was out. But I would like to get it now to try to uh, get in better control of my mood swings. Yeah. Is, yeah. is my biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and I, and I also know that no, I now know, thanks to Jay, uh, uh, he is informing me, when you first get put on medication, that medication most likely will not be right for you. You, they, yep. them getting it right on the first try, probably not going to happen. So I know I'm going to go through months of, oh yeah yep. of trying to find what's right and we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, so, yep. Well, good luck on that. Like, and always definitely keep me updated on just what's going on when you do decide to make that step or if you do. That yep. I
2: will. Thank you. All right. I was raised in a single father household and honestly, my dad was kind of a deadbeat. Is and this Melissa's? Was... Oh yeah, push... yeah. This is still oh, her. Okay. Uh, I was raised in a single father household and honestly, my dad was kind of a deadbeat until I was in my teens. How do you and your son keep such a close bond and oh, how does it feel to have raised a genius who clearly has nothing but love
3: and respect for you? Oh dude. Wow. Okay. I could probably go crazy on an answer like this. I'm going to keep it short. Uh, like look i mean yeah yeah right exactly dude he's like he's already grown like a couple inches within the past couple months like like now when i wear my biker boots that like uh get me up to like what five like uh elevate me up an inch he's like still like taller than that now and it's like like but his uncle's like six four so yeah fair enough so on his mom's side uh so i feel very lucky to have a teenager who still thinks the world of me like Oh, homies, everybody. I remember being 14 and seeing the way some of my friends would like cuss their parents out and scream at him and all that. I couldn't imagine if Skylar and I had that type of relationship. I, I just do my best to show him I've always been there. I've always fought for him, especially back in the custody days. I always have his back and he knows it. He knows he can count on me. He knows he's my whole world. It's, it's just been us for so long. And, you know, even when there have been women sort of interspersed in there, uh, he's only met two of them because I don't he's not in the equation when I date, like, unless they make it past a certain point. And, uh, it, even then though, it's still us, it's kind of an exclusive club. And maybe that's, maybe that's hard for the girl to accept. It's something I should think about in a future relationship. But in, in any case, like, I, I really don't know how it happened, but that kid is turning out to be a good man. And best of all, he has a strong sense of who he is as a person. And so I guess if anything, that's what I've worked hard to instill in him and I'm just proud. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, and Little that, Watt is 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 awesome. In fact, uh, one of the things I, I like about Little Watt is when you when uh, you talk about him and he'll talk about how he doesn't even like cuss with his friends. Nope, like, he won't do it. He's he, he, just he, the he, kind of person
3: he is. Like, and he he's so hard to pressure because he's he's like I was at that age where we have our path. And it's like walking a razor's edge where, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to fall on the the side that's going with the crowd, but you're also not going to follow the side who's reactionary and saying like, oh, well, I'm going against the crowd, like just to do it. he's, he's like, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And I never like told him that's how I was. I just, he, he just kind of became that way. And I'm proud of him. Gotcha. All right. Last
2: question. I know from talking to you in person that you've had your fair share of crazy ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Can you share one of the crazier stories? You don't have to, she, but you should. She probably oh, forgot Melissa she asked to see. that. She did forget she asked that, but I figured we'd bring it up to give you the opportunity
3: if there's okay. one that you knew I got one. you wanted to tell. See? I got one. Go. I got one. You're going to love this, Jerry. This is nuts. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Back in 2015, I took the girl I was with to a housewarming party for some friends of ours. On one side of the house was the party we were all having, us adults, and on the other side of the house was like a bunch of these high schoolers celebrating some girl's 18th birthday party. Well, as the night progressed, we're getting trashed. I realized I had to tone it down because I'm the driver that night, but my girl at the time was hitting it harder than like I was comfortable with. So, and we have not, uh, like, well, okay, well, at some point, a bunch of us watch my girl just take off out the door, out the back door, right into the dark, into the woods, this house in the middle of nowhere. Everybody's kind of laughing. Uh, I'm just like, what is she doing? Wondering, like, what is going on? When suddenly this woman this like, walks right up to me. I knew her from other parties, but not well. She gets in my face. She's like, if you don't get that bitch out of here in the next five minutes, I'm going to beat the shit out of her. So I'm like, oh, uh, okay. What? Why? What happened? To which she replied, she just accused my husband of trying to make a pass at her while all he did was hand her a cup that she asked for so she could pour another drink. And then she's like, I don't know if I'm making myself clear here, but accusations like that can ruin marriages. Accusations like that can make you doubt someone you love with all your heart. Thank God I was standing right there when she said that shit because my husband didn't do shit. And any girl who's going to stir up shit like that is going to get her nose broken and she's crazy. Get her out of here. So I'm just like I- – I've never like had a single abnormal interaction with this girl of mine. We, we you know, we've, we've been together maybe just shy of a year like this is a, the he- most heavenly relationship I've ever enjoyed so I'm just like what but like what no this this, this couldn't have happened but enough of my friends were like dude uh yeah you gotta get her out of here we saw it it's messed up get her out and I'm just like so I'm embarrassed uh beyond belief I'm hating life like I'm just like I- I'm so like mortified in front of my friends who barely know her so I go out to find her I can't find her outside well, I do wind up finding her a few minutes later on the other side of the house, lost and not knowing where she is, chilling with those high schoolers. So I go to grab her to let her know we got to get out of there. That woman from before is like mean mugging us and she's like stalking around like waiting for us to go. And so for whatever reason, as we're heading out the door, my girlfriend randomly decides that she's just going to kick over this little table that's sitting there. This table had the birthday cake on it. All of the girl's birthday presents, and it also had, like, flowers in a vase full of water on it. So I tell her, get outside, get in the car, and I'm trying to help this poor birthday girl pull her iPhone out from the cake that's all in the carpet. It's a disaster. People are yelling. It's chaos. Suddenly, this tall guy comes up to me, puts his huge hand on my shoulder, and is like, son, I'd appreciate it if you take that woman and leave the party, please. Otherwise, I'm going to start swinging. How's that sound? I said that sounded fine with me, so we left. Now, fast forward to the fall of 2017. I'm no longer with the girl from the party. I'm now out on a date with a young lady, the one I described earlier as the uh, total saint with the good heart who you know left town because of family things. And she convinced me to meet her dad, an older brother. Bear in mind, I do not do the meet the family thing unless it's at least been six months or longer. But I caved in, and now here we are in the driveway of the house where she and her father both live. We're sitting out there, and she says, Dustin, I have something hilarious to tell you. I've been waiting for this moment. I'm. This is hilarious. You're going to love it. I'm like, what's up? Lay it on me. She's like, did you know that you and I have met before? I'm like, nah, I'd, I'd remember that. She's like, nah. You uh, Do you remember, uh, and we'll call him uh, we'll call him uh, Tom Smith. She's like, do you remember Tom Smith's housewarming party? I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. That was a bad night for me. She's like, do you remember seeing a girl there who was having a birthday party? I'm like, yes. I do. And to my not surprise, she says, that was me. Your girlfriend ruined my 18th birthday party. Now, if that wasn't a revelation enough, she went on to say, do you remember getting kicked out of the party by a really big guy with a beard? And I was like, shit. And she's like, yep, that's my dad. And you're about to meet him for real. Let's go inside. (laughs)
2: holy shit we can't stop how did that
3: meeting go did they laugh where they was like that was so funny like how did that go okay so here's what happened uh because i looked different back at that party i was like a little bit bigger i wasn't as in shape and i had a giant beard back in 2015 well now here i am i'm kind of more or less clean cut i don't have the long hair anymore i'm like you know 40 pounds skinnier and uh so he didn't recognize me and even though she was like like saying these funny jabs. Oh, he knows, uh, Tom Smith. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I met him like one time. Where, where did you meet him? Was it the housewarming party in 2015? And I'm like, no, I think it was uh, like his birthday the next year. And she's like, Oh, okay. So, uh, Oh, like, Oh yeah. I had a bad birthday party that year. Dad, do you remember that? I'm like, shut up. And she's just like, yeah, like I turned 18 and some girl, some girl kicked over my table and ruined the cake and a few of my presents and my phone. And, and I'm just like, yeah, that would suck. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds like a bad birthday party. Like, uh, cool. Shut up, please. And I, uh, and she never did tell him. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know to this day, like, uh, if he ever knew that he booted me out of the party. Cause this guy's huge. Even though this girl's like five feet tall and 90 pounds, like this guy is so big. <laughs> I was. He would have killed me. Oh like, my God. That is, that <laughs> is sweating. such a good story. Yeah. That's like probably, that's probably my favorite ex-girlfriend story that doesn't involve violence. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah alright so we got two questions left that are both about okay. the same thing uh, Mel Swan okay. says last question I promise which means the last time she said last question she was lying to us oh, what a bitch. why the fuck did you decide to get sober what the hell do you think you're trying to prove anyway and Chris Jinro <laughs> says what led to the awesome decision to ditch booze and why oh are you God. such an all American badass which uh, I would like to point out did you know Kid Rock's first three albums
3: are all actually based off of Watson. American Badass, yep. Y'all, who's the man? Watson, goddamn. Yeah. uh, So let's talk about this. (laughs) What led to this decision uh, to stop drinking? What a question. So that story I told, uh, you just heard about the housewarming party. All, All, my friends, all the stories I have about girls assaulting uh, you know, and the assault, uh, assaulting me, trying to kill themselves or others, causing chaos at parties. Uh, literally all of that can be tied back to alcohol. Like, I'm a fun, peaceful drunk myself. You heard me on Horror Quarter episodes one through nine. I was trash. But the girls who tend to be attracted to me, if they drink, they're hardcore party girls and they get destructive. Like those dudes who just want to break stuff when they get drunk. They're They're, they're the female counterparts. The male fantasy <laughs> of sticking your dick in crazy – is just not something I ever want to do again in my life. Furthermore, homies, when I drink, I want to eat, and I tend to gain a lot of weight, like a ton. Like just last summer, I was nearly, I was pushing 200 pounds, which is not good for somebody of my height. I was chemically dependent on alcohol, which is like, you know, oh, surprise, it what it's what happens when you drink, you know, vodka and whiskey and beer every day for years. And so as a result, I had like a rough detox process. It was hell with a capital hell. I know my physical health was, was garbage. My mental health was in shambles. Like I was on the road to killing myself in one way or another, and I'm not proud of that. So last summer, like I took a really good look at myself, and I dwelled on who it is like I want to be and who I want in my life. Like, like begets like, you know, like the good book says, you know. And so my patterns and lifestyle choices – you know, they, they affect who or what is attracted to that energy. I'm not trying to get mystical here. It's just if you're a certain way, you're going to attract people who like that and uh, who dig that sort of thing. So I realized I'm done attracting the wrong crowd. I, I, I'm a good guy. I, I'm, an, I'm educated. I'm a good father, but there's just this area that I like to, you know, I like to party. Even responsibly, I like to party. But even if you do that, it invites other things sometimes. I've had my fun. Uh, but you know, it's time to make some changes and let me make this clear. I still have fun. I'm, I'm always up to something always out and about, but no longer does alcohol need to be at the center of that. And look, I I will still have a drink. I'm not afraid of alcohol. I'm not even against it. I I just had a couple drinks the other night when my brother, son and I, we, we went out for dinner. You know, it's no biggie. It's just not my lifestyle anymore. Uh, the deal is that once I made that change, it was like the domino that got the chain reaction going for me to, you know, start becoming the me I really want to be like, by, and I I was like, I was already pretty close anyway, uh, to, you know, sort of being on the path I wanted to be. I just had to get this one thing sort of out of the way. So by minimizing alcohol, I got my diet on track, you know, with my diet and on track, like my energy level skyrocketed, which I can't even remember the last time in the last decade that I felt good, you know, like an energetic from, from there though, like, you know, exercise and fitness became a priority again, rather than just a way for me to do it for three months and stop. It's like my life now. You know, like I said, I dropped like 40 plus pounds this summer, you know, like maybe closer to 50. Uh, I'm looking and feeling better. The girls who seem to like me now are different because I'm different. You know, the relationships I tend to, like friendships, they're more honest, no more alcoholic haze, coloring everything. And I feel like alcohol is awesome. Like I said, I'll still drink from time to time, but I value. We were talking about this early earlier, Jerry. Like I value my sense of self, and so when I'm perpetually trashed, that sense of self is is compromised in a lot of ways, right? And so it's just not worth it. Plus, I'm saving a ton of a ton of money that I can spend on tech gear for my YouTube channel, so that's wonderful. And if nothing else, you know, my experiences, my trials, failures, victories, successes, all that, those crazy stories. I wish I didn't have that. I kind of sort of think is awesome that I have them those things might even be able to help somebody down the line who's looking to get on track themselves. And if I can help one person find true North for even a second, man, like that's as good as gold. So that's, uh, my, the short answer.
2: <laughs> and I think it's a damn good answer. Uh, and it is cool to have those stories. I have stories oh, I know you do. <laughs> at the same time. Like when I stopped doing that kind of shit, I, you know, I, I, I started turning my life around cause my life could be really fucking bad. For sure. Uh, Especially with all the shit I did. Um, And sometimes you have to just stop and go, you know what, the way I'm doing, it's fun, but it's not working for me for the betterment of my life. At a certain point, you read to a certain age where you got to go, fuck man, I got to get my shit together.
3: Yeah. And you know, and it's kind of compounded by the fact that like pretty much most other areas of my life were pretty good. I, you know, I have an okay job that I've had for, you know, since I was a teenager, I, you know, I went in and out of, you know, that, that line of work, but you know, so I, it's not like I'm like a deadbeat, not paying my bills. I pay the bills. I got to, you know, I keep a place. I'm super clean. I'm super, you know, I'm educated to a degree. I, I have a clear head for the most part. It's just this, this alcohol thing was drawing to me the types of women I don't respect, even though I'll still fall in love and see the best in them. And then they'll pull a knife out. And it's like, yo, like, is this how life has to be? And if I cut alcohol out, I would have never attracted girls like that. Those party girls who, you know, see something stable in me and then just want to party it out. And then, you know, crazy stuff winds up happening. I'm sure tons of chicks have been there too, like where, you know, they get that drunk boyfriend who punches holes in the wall. Like that's, not cool. Like, you know, or maybe it hits them. Maybe it only happens once or maybe he just breaks windows and you're just scared and, you know, it's to the point sometimes where I'm like, man, this is these aren't the types of friends I always want to be attracting. You know, plus I DJ at, a, at, a, at the, you know, only karaoke bar in town here, so everybody knows me. So sometimes if I'm trashed and, you know, sort of making a spectacle of myself, it's always pretty, you know, I'm never super undignified, but like if they see that behavior, oh, they're like, shit, I'm a party girl too, dude. We're going to get along. But if they see somebody who's a little more got their faculties kind of you know, sort of, you know, under control, you know, I might not attract that type of chick anymore. And I'm fine with that. I I had fun. It's great. But I, you know, and I'm not like sitting here saying I'm ready to settle down. No, I'm not. I think a girl would hate me right now for being gone. But just, you know, when it does happen, when the future ex Mrs. Watson comes uh, knocking at my door, I'd like her to, you know, maybe not want to, you know, drink a fifth of whiskey every day and want to stab somebody. And that sounds funny from a person, you know, from like a, when I say it like that, but when it happens, you're just sort of like, ah, that's, Sort of white trashy and my mommy wouldn't approve.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right. Watson, the, the, this conversation has been a little bit less horror than I think people have expected. Uh, we've, oh, we've gotten sure. deep, we've gotten clear. So to rectify that, I'm going to throw out some questions for you. Would okay. you recommend me a horror movie you've watched recently okay. that you think people need
3: to be checking out? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me think here. Uh, you know, I have that letterboxed account. I have been keeping up on it, but I've been watching a lot of non horror lately just to show oh, my son like Fight wait. Club. and Oh and shit, stuff. hell
2: yeah, hell yeah. Yeah,
3: showing just a lot of movies, Tombstone. Uh, some of the movies that I'd recommend people have, oh, I have my list right here. I just pulled it up on the computer. Mr. Watson's 2018 horror and dark themed watches. Uh, there's one coming out. It's number four on my top 10 right now. Actually, how many have I seen this year? I've got 28 2018 horror films I've seen. Number four on that list is a movie called Cat Sick Blues. Cat, like the kitty, Cat Sick Blues. If you want an over-the-top, bloody, crazy, like, just, it's kind of funny, but, like, it's not a comedy, It's it, but it's quirky and strange, a, a sort of slasher-ish movie that, oh, God, it goes into some dark, dark territory. But if you want to just say, what the hell am I watching for about an hour and a half, Cat Sick Blues is one uh, another one is called redwood that I think people would really like it's about like a guy who's got leukemia and he he and his girl go out in the middle of the woods to try to you know have like kind of one last bout and you know it's a lot about their relationship drama but then some dark stuff starts happening out in the woods and it does some things with the characters I wasn't expecting that made me very happy uh, another one I would say uh, you know people have been uh, terrifier I, I can't I love art the clown art the clowns my dude Check out Terrifier. Love it, love it, love it. Um, yeah, those are good just a couple recommendations.
2: All right, so another question I have for you. If uh, what movie would you want to review if you were to come back for an episode of Kill the Cast and you got to pick the movie, Oh wow, for me, you Kenneth and Jay. Yeah, what yeah. would you want to do? The
3: strangers pray at night. Oh, okay. And here's why, because first of all, it's kind of, you know, still new, still got buzz, even though it's, you know, out of the theaters now. But there have been some things that uh, have been said about the film. I know some people like Jason Lloyd, you know, considers it better than the first. I know some people don't like it. Some people love it. Uh, You know, as happens when you have a piece of art that comes out, people have their opinions. But I have a few things that I would map out specifically for my own beliefs about it. And uh, I haven't heard anybody word it quite like that, except for maybe, I think it was Wolfman Josh on horror movie podcast said a lot of the stuff, I would say, but not in quite the same way. And so I guess that's one that's been burning on my mind right now, but uh, I don't know when I'd be able to get to it on my show. So that's just kind of an example that popped in my head immediately.
2: Okay. Well, you know what? When the Blu-ray comes out, we'll take a look at it because um, yeah. I, I recorded a, like, a reaction video with Reese after we saw it in theaters. I, I watched it. It was the first thing I, I watched after um, I saw the movie. And I, and I was pretty half and half on the movie. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a bad movie. I don't think it's anywhere near the first movie. I think you uh, and I which, would agree a lot. Um, Which is f- another... Two two movies that I had never watched that I watched because... And I watched them in the same night uh, because of Watson's recommendation was Leslie Vernon Behind the Mask and yes. The Strangers. I watched them back-to-back one day. Ah, nice one uh, day. Based off Watson's review. If I listen to a podcast and... Uh, they they can do two things that make me love them one something watson mentioned earlier which is if they make you want to join the conversation they are doing a good job unless you just want to cuss them out then they're doing a bad job <laughs> yeah, but if, sure. but if you want to answer them back like they have a critique and you're like well no but here's this you know or you're like oh my god you're so right have you thought about this like when they make you want to actively join the conversation in a positive way amazing the yeah. second thing they can do is if they reviewed a movie in a way where I have not seen that movie, but now I a hundred percent have to watch it where I am willing to that day pay money. Cause I, I think I rented them both off Amazon prime. Oh, nice. At okay. At the time. Cause this was like what, two, two years ago or something. something oh like gosh. I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, wow.
0: Maybe so not I, quite that long.
2: A year and a half. And something half. like that. Yeah, I know I was, yeah. I know it was before I moved into this apartment and I've lived in this apartment for a year. Okay. Uh are coming up in a year. Um, Definitely a year change, yeah. So like that's something like at, like or even there's times where like I remember when uh Skeleton Crew did their Hostel retrospective, I immediately went online and ordered a fucking Hostel 1 and 2 Blu-ray combo pack cuz I was like, you know what? I haven't seen those movies in forever. I want to watch them. Bam. So Yeah, yeah. When a horror podcast can make you spend your money, they're okay. doing a damn good job.
3: Oh, rock and roll. Jeez. And
2: there, there's there been quite a few times where uh, listening to Horror Corridor, I have been like, I've got to spend money.
3: Oh, dude. Right right on. Jeez.
2: So Horror Corridor is is a podcast that even if uh, it only comes out four times a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every single time it comes out, I will be there day one to fucking listen. Uh, is, I, thank you. It is a, a a damn good show. You will learn something from it. It's a show that I feel you can go back and listen to. Just because, like, for instance, the Ghostbusters episode, I have listened to that episode three times. Oh, wow. And every time I have picked something new that, like, just didn't catch me the first time. Oh, wow. That, and, that's that's and, awesome. And that Jeez. I want to look into more. Uh, I think it's one of the... The, the best reviews for Ghostbusters. It, it talked about shit I had never even thought. I didn't even know there were these right-wing Republican uh, uh versions
3: of the movie that people have apparently well, seen. like Cracked.com or something came out with this video years ago that was talking about why the Ghostbusters are really villains and why it's a r- Republican right-wing propaganda. And I, I was just kind of like, I watched their video, and they, they made a bunch of funny jokes. But I was like, and then I started looking around online and seeing reviews for people talking about, like, you know, t- tying it to, you know, just Reaganomics and these things. I'm just like, okay. And then I just, I read up on it and, you know, it, it was just like, okay, I, if, when I make that podcast, if I ever do ghostbusters is going to be the first episode, cause I got to talk about some shit. Uh, I don't believe that this, this is like what the movie really is. And so I had to kind of combat that mindset that some people just kind of trying to turn something into something it's not, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's one of the, it's, it's, you know, rendering the artists like we were talking about yeah. earlier. Yep. Um, so it, it is a podcast that I absolutely love. Thank you. Uh, and you've done, and if you want even more Watson, he's done quite a bit of of uh, guest spots. What's one of your favorite guest spots you've done?
3: Let's see. Uh, well, excluding the last house on the left one uh, on your show because God, that was a blast. Um, the I liked my. Let's see. Oh, geez. Uh, I've got. To, I've had a blast on
2: everything I've done. Like my favorite guest spot for yeah, what, you has been behind the mask review
3: on that's, Exploring Heads. That is probably yeah. And I'll tell you why because we. Okay, I'm gonna go with that one too. Uh, also, I loved uh, being able to mingle with the guys from the Whorecast uh, and, and gal from the Horrorcast, the Whore horror gal from the Whorecast. That was great. I, I hope there's still a thing. I, I think the Phantom Network is gone now. So I, I got to hit up Mark Nato, but. Um, the the reason that the Exploding Heads one comes to mind, and not to insult anybody, is just we planned that meticulously beforehand. It was one of those things where I we we didn't wanna make it just me guest starring. They they like Dave and I were talking beforehand, and Dave's like, let's make this a crossover event where it's like our two shows meeting rather than a guest spot. And so he's just like so Send us clips, produce some, you know, so I produce some segments, uh, you know, with, with Joe, or, or you know, with Joe Pesci, you know, and I'm talking to Joe Pesci while he's cussing me out. But it's Dave. We, we had a good time. Dr. Lipschitz made a call, um, you know, like uh, from their show. You know, those are the in-jokes of Exploding Heads. So if you know that show, you get what I'm talking. But we we prepared for that show like crazy. And so that's why I really like it, because, you know, it incorporated some of my production, some of Christians. And it was uh, it, it was awesome. It, I, I really liked it a lot.
2: Yeah, the the back and forth between you and Brandon during the oh, behind the mask uh, one yeah, it was yeah. was just amazing. It's one of it's one of the ones I've, I I would love to go back and listen to again. Especially now after interviewing uh, oh. Nathan who played Leslie Vernon,
3: that was one of my favorite episodes of a podcast I've ever heard. Like man, that was cool. You guys. that was a fun episode because we did not know how much
2: time we were going to have with him Uh um and we had a we had a lot of questions we had a lot of people asking the same kind of questions and i don't think those people got the answers they
3: wanted to be honest with you i Um, missed that thread by the way because it was one of those things where just i wasn't near a computer and then things happened that i forgot about it and then it was over and i was like oh dusty you know what i you did miss it but i think i represented you you did. I think Ashley. I came
2: with questions that were yeah. deep and deep and in, into in the Watson.
1: Yes.
3: Lane. I, I never once felt like, Oh, well, I wish that somebody had asked this cause you, you did cover it. So I, I was so satisfied by, by that.
2: Yeah. But it, we, we, we found out we only had a little bit of time with him, but he actually did stay on longer cause he was having such a good time with us oh, so than cool. he originally was supposed to. Um, and it's kind of funny. Uh, not, What a week after that show comes out, uh, there's all the shit going around about them meeting for a script for Mm -hmm. Leslie Vernon Part Two, and I'm like, well, damn, this shit's going down. I thought he was coming on to help promote the Scream Factory release, which turns out he didn't actually do anything. Part Scream Factory release. That's sad. And then it comes out this part, and so it it was a crazy, crazy one. Uh, now if you could interview. Someone in the whole mm-hmm. world, obviously they have to be living and yeah. obviously they have to be someone you could actually interview. You can't be like, I want to interview John Carpenter. Cause let's be sure. honest. It's probably not going to happen. Nope. Who do you want to interview that you think you actually uh, could
3: get on the show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like to interview Danielle Harris and I, but I wouldn't talk about Halloween at all. I would want to talk about her, maybe a little of Rob zombies or I don't know, maybe a little Halloween, but not much. It'd be all about trying to talk about like maybe her behind the camera aspirations and like her, her whole, you know, I guess, you know, just motherhood and kind of where she is in her life now and how she perceives, you know, being kind of, you know, modern day scream queen status with hatchet and all that. So in the in the Victor Crowley universe. So I'd want to talk just about kind of keep it current like that, because I'm sure everybody's like, hey, Daniel Harris. And they start jerking the Halloween dick all over. Her, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, I would minimize that like crazy and just ask her about, hey, would you ever want to direct again and write scripts and, and, and do these things? I'm sure she does and could. So.
2: Oh yeah, I feel yeah. yeah. I really
3: want to interview
2: Felissa Rose, and she actually nice. did agree to come on the show and be interviewed. I just, I just, I need oh. to get the details on there because I want, I wanted to have her come on to review so we can talk about Victor Crowley because yep. there's so like, you know, none of us could really properly get into Victor Crowley when it was touring because yep. we all were like, well, Adam didn't want us to say anything, so we're not going to say anything. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to keep that promise because I'm a huge Adam
3: Green fan. Oh, Adam um, Green box. He's such a yeah. fan of the cinema. He, he yeah, horror.
2: Yeah, and Felissa Rose is so like when we were at that convention, Felissa Rose knew me and Reese's name, and like the next two days, oh. every time she would see us, she would holler our names and come give us hugs, and she what? was so, she was so fucking cool. Uh, her and Caroline Williams would kind of fucking hang out with us and talk to us a lot. It it was a fucking awesome time. That is um, awesome, Jerry. So I really want to interview her. I'm trying to think if I can think of any uh, yeah, last you do? Yeah. questions I can pop on you. We're already this is already a three-hour show. Which oh, is God, pretty good. Uh, which is kind of funny. I think the last time you were on, actually, your when you were on for the last. I was left. That was the longest show we had done Fingers. up to that point. Fingers. But uh, but our <laughs> interview shows with Dave and our interview show with JP those were also long. Okay, so good. like they they okay. tend to go longer anyway i know with kill the cast we try to keep it under two hours yeah that's our that's our fault we do one movie it's under two hours that's our format for the most part except for special ones like horror coliseum
0: yeah
2: um but i really can't think of anything else at this point it was fantastic having you on i love hearing your stories i love hearing your perspectives on things I, i love just in general the way you review a movie Um, because not only do you try to be as unbiased as possible, but when you say like why people like a certain thing in a movie, you bring, you do bring that psychological thing, whether it's you talking about the nostalgia of this movie and how that affects our vision of it. But in, in general, it's just, it's so great to listen to a show that is that informative.
3: I appreciate that. Like sincerely, man. Thank you.
2: So by all means, people, if you are not checking out Horror Corridor, you need to go listen to the, the Miss. Well, don't, I, I would not say start from the beginning with him uh, for Horror Corridor because it very much is a sequence show. Everything is in proper Oh, that order. is true. Yeah, uh, it is one that don't because when I first listen to a podcast, I look at what they've done and I just go pick something off. So, like if they've done a Jaws episode, that's my go to thing. I'm going to listen to your show on Jaws because I'm going to completely judge you on how you <laughs> have seen Jaws.
1: Uh, um,
2: yes. So, but with Horror Corridor, don't don't rob yourself. Start at episode one and go through it. If you were not hooked by the end of episode two, I I don't know what to tell you. It is a fantastic show. There are, there's laughs. It's informative. It it has great skits. Production quality is is fan fucking fantastic um and watson you are you are not only a, a gift to the podcasting world but you are a gift to humanity
3: oh man that's, uh, god thank thank you wow you can
2: <laughs> like just from when you sit there and say if i can be true north for one person for one second yeah shows yeah. not only how good of a person you are but just the way you say it, it doesn't sound like someone who's like, look at all the good shit I've done. You, oh, know? you, talk, <laughs> you know, you you know, answer a lot of messages in private instead of, you know, bringing it on your show. Yeah, you yeah. could you could turn into the fucking Jerry Springer of horror podcasts and talk about everyone's oh, dude. fucking shit. And you I don't. Could. It's fantastic. Um, you've got great ideas. You, you come out of the woodwork with fantastic stuff all the time. And I cannot wait to see what's in your future, but you, what is the progress of your current, uh, episode you're working on? Oh, how much yeah. is recorded? How uh, much is edited? What's going on here?
3: I have all the notes done. It, it's, it's, so it's, it's kind of a joke that last year in May I released my best of, 2016 show so this year in may i'm releasing my best of 2017 party so i'm, I'm getting in like uh I, there's a skit at the beginning of it that i'm trying to uh and i, I do some really good insults on uh on jeremy and carly so that that's a uh, that's gonna be pretty good uh and i don't know so i'm getting that all produced right now getting all the background music it's a lounge party with a bunch of you know a live band in the background playing old style jazz and i'm, I'm talking about uh you know the best of the year and, and these things and but yeah, so that one, it's going pretty well. I hope to have it out because uh, I have a pretty free, fairly free week this this week. So I think I might be able to just knock it out uh, in the next few days.
2: Dope. I yeah. cannot fucking wait. Um, I'm really bad at watching new horror movies, but uh, oh yeah, I, I, I am hoping. Yeah. yeah, I'm just terrible at it. But I am hoping that my number one of 2017 shows up on your list. What was your
3: number one in 2017 again? The Void. Oh, that's, it, it's extremely, extremely high.
2: Yeah, I fucking, I just... Like, John Carpenter's The Thing is my second favorite horror movie of all time. So, of course, like... And I love cults and shit. I love, uh, like... The, the Silent power, Hill vibe? The Silent Hill vibe. The yes. power that a, a religion or a cult can have over people. And push them to do things... Uh, that they normally would not do in order to get back something that they so desperately want. Oh yeah, to fill not that void, you know, to, to fill, fill that, that void, and you know? to not realize that sometimes when you're filling that void, you're 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 just digging your own grave. Yeah, you're you're empty. You're filling that void with the soil that's just going to be re put on your casket.
1: Damn, well, um, said. holy crap.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and that movie is such a representation of it. I love the ending of it. I love how the ending is so fucking just. I like when movies have depressing endings. Have have what I've recently learned as it's it's called a lot the Lovecraftian ending.
0: Okay,
2: uh, Brian. I hope you're proud of me. Um, oh yeah. So I I really 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 enjoy that. Um, and that I just love the fucking void. In fact, when uh we did. For Kill the Cast every year for our Christmas episode where we do our sitcoms, we also do a gift exchange. Mm-hmm. And my my theme this year was to give Jay and Kenneth a slice of independent horror in honor of supporting independent horror. So I sent Jay the Void, yeah. and I sent on Blu-ray, and I sent Kenneth uh, Devil's Candy on Blu-ray.
3: Yeah, nice, nice. I remember the Devil's Candy one. I forgot that you had given uh, Jay the Void. That's awesome. Yeah, so, and of course, when I bought
2: Jay's The Void, I bought my copy also.
3: Yeah, I need to pick that up on Blu ray too. I don't, I'm not like a collector. I, all my movies, all my Blu rays are in a small box uh, behind the couch in the living room because I haven't unpacked that yet, even though I moved here in December. Uh, But like, I, I bought like Terrifier because I needed it. I bought, uh, uh, you know, bought It for my son because he, that's his like favorite movie of all time, 2017's It. And Ian, he knows nothing about the book or the nineteen ninety miniseries, so it's all just off the top. Like, I like this movie for what it is, which is really cool to see that perspective. And uh, I gotta buy the void. Like, I, that's one I gotta pick up. Okay, so two questions
2: out of that. Yeah. Uh, one, does do you have any intentions of showing your son the nineteen nineties? It.
3: Yeah, I think it just hit Shudder. and so um, I, I, I. But I, I also don't want it to take away from part two. Of the of this current uh, oh, that's a good point so I think I might just let him see part two of that and then show him the 90s one because for him the nostalgia is not there uh, neither is the nostalgia for the book that's what I have I read that book as a, as, a, as a kid saw this miniseries after and then you know obviously this one this many years later and so you know I have that you know that that property in my mind and that character but he doesn't he knew nothing about it when we went to go see it, it was just like he was just so impressed so because yeah, yeah. i would
2: be really interested to see how he feels that'd about be 90s one because yeah it would it'd be a great reverse of someone who doesn't have the nostalgia for tim curry to hold them back because like yep i i because to me if someone was like do you want to watch the 90s it or the 2017 it i'm going to pick the 2017 it just because i like the 90s one yeah i do tim curry is fantastic yes he is yeah but I, I'm not going to blindly act like that movie doesn't have issues. Oh, for sure. Um, exactly. Yeah. My I'm right there with you. Yeah. What was my other question? Fuck. <laughs> um, oh, so, you know, I want to bring up this. The, the thing that's always kind of bothered me about you.
0: For <laughs> okay, someone let's who do it.
2: does let's do it. a lot of research, you once said on a podcast that you don't really watch bonus features on a ah. on a Blu-ray. Yes. For someone who does research so so yeah. deeply, <laughs> you don't listen. You said you've listened to like one or two commentaries, but you don't like listening to commentaries. You don't watch special features. You just go on YouTube and look up like interviews.
3: Yeah, or or I go read out written interviews. Now this has changed of late. Um, starting around when I did the what is it episode eleven of the show, which uh, which was crazy because I had episode ten done, my Halloween episode and which was like the first time people had heard from me in months after like my just life blew up and every crazy stuff happened. Then I started doing episode 11 in December, realized I needed to do a Christmas episode, put 11 on hold, did the Christmas episode, episode 12, then finished uh, episode 11 later. Well, that was where I sort of realized, you know, I think, and for Krampus, I watched the, uh, the, the commentary on that too. I realized just how, how great of a resource that is because oftentimes the interviews I would go read after the fact with, you know, with different magazines and different different things will say a lot of that stuff anyway, and it's all in one place. I don't know where it was, Jerry, that I had like a bad taste in my mouth about commentaries, but I've gotten over it. So it's something that if I do own the Blu ray, I'll absolutely use it. Like for The Frighteners and for Scream on Episode 11, oh gosh, I, I utilize that like crazy.
2: I would hope so. Like it just, it just, it was crazy to me when I heard that. Like I can understand not being a collector. Yeah. And not wanting to have, like, all that, like... Because I'm a collector. I, like, I love physical media. I love special features. I love going... Like, I love that any point of time, I can be like, oh, Watson just uh, reviewed uh, d- uh, Night Train of Terrors or or yeah. fucking uh, whatever the last house on left on a train is. Oh, yeah. I've got, on the, train the, Norte. I've got the I've got the fucking Blu-ray over there right now. I can be like, let me watch that. Let me... Because I, I, I... Whenever fucking Jeremy posts a Blu-ray for Dirt Cheap... If I don't have it and I've got the spare money, I buy it. Nice. So or like I'll, or I'll listen to podcasts and I have and I'll just put it on my Amazon wish list for a movie and eventually I'll get around to buying it depending on what the kick I'm in is. Like I just went through a Dario Argento kick, nice. Um, where I was watching a lot of Dario Argento's movies that I that I either had never seen or had been so long since I've seen them that it was worth uh, checking out again.
1: I love Argento, man. Holy crap.
2: I like Argento because I like um, I like I like mystery movies, mm. and like if thrillers are are uh, crime stories with an edge, then giallos are mysteries with an edge.
3: Oh, nice, well said. And you know what's crazy is I don't love giallos. I'm starting to tr- tr- try to give them a better a better chance because I like Italian horror. But giallos is like a the giallo or gialli, I guess if it, for plural plural pluralizing it. Uh, but giallo films like I, I just. I have a resistance, there. A resistance here's, there. Here's my problem with them.
2: Almost all of the time, whoever is revealed as the killer at the end makes no fucking sense, and there doesn't really seem to be that many clues as to who the actual killer is, yeah, so it's yeah. not like you can solve the mystery even though the whole time it's a mystery.
3: Oh, for um, sure, yeah. Did you ever see the editor, Jerry? Uh, the editor. From
2: 2015? Uh, no, I've seen Evil oh. Ed.
3: listen you got to it's by the same people who did uh who did the void uh well not the same like yeah the same people who worked on the void uh you know or the editor worked on the void it's like not the exact same director and writer but like it's all or is it uh not the same director but i think same writer same production company anyway astron six the editor is a a very meta take on and kind of ends a parody sort of of gialli of giallo films and holy crap is it ever amazing. Like you'll if you know enough about the Giallo films to notice their, you know, their quirks and their mistakes and the kind of the things they do in their formula, and you watch this, you're gonna just you're gonna die laughing and and be appreciative of the filming techniques because it's brilliant.
2: Gotcha. Well, the Blu-ray is 1839 and I'm adding it to my wish list.
3: I think okay, nice. I was gonna say I think it even could be on like shutter maybe uh eh, don't quote me on that i suck at looking at shutter even though i have it no it's
2: it's available for rent on amazon and oh, i have okay. shutter so it would tell i have ah. shutter through amazon so it would tell oh. me available through shutter um but i will i will put that on the list and in yeah and for, look for into somebody it.
3: exactly for somebody like like i am who i i don't love you know the giallo films i i love that movie it's brilliant yeah. i it's, don't, it has love for the genre too it's not like hating on it that's not why i like it you know so yeah I don't love
2: Giallo films, but I do like them. I do, like, like I've, I've, I've got to watch my Nine Tales. I've got sitting over here from the Arrow release, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, so I, I've got to get into that and, and check it out. I kind of bounce between what I'm going to watch because I actually am not like a lot of y'all. I do not watch as many movies as y'all do. I watch nowhere close as many movies as y'all but, you know, I've got, I've got a relationship that, you know, I've uh, relationship. I've got my projects. Oh, sure. You know, I've got so much shit going on that I, it's sometimes it's yeah. hard, but I can't believe I've seen away... as many. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, you're good. I was just saying with me stepping away from Facebook, cause I, I, I was, I'm, I'm a Facebook addict, sure, uh, sure. but I've been stepping away from it uh, a bit more uh, taking on, you know, following uh, you and Dave Z with y'all stepping away from it. It's been easier to kind of, Get more movies in, but here lately I've for been sure. mostly
3: watching movies on laser disc because I a awesome. a laser player <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, you have the Frighteners on laser disc, right? I do. It's so yes, fucking yes, pretty. Yes. Oh gosh, that's so cool. And uh, yeah, like you know, just with the social media thing, is like I, I just got Instagram, not for the show, just for myself, and and you know, just kind of trying to get used to it. But I yeah, like Dave and you know, Dave and me just both not even talking to each other, just around the same time. We're just kind of like oh, I'm gonna get on for a few minutes a day, if that. I think he gets on only a couple times a week. Yeah, he gets uh, on like three days a week. Yeah, I skip days sometimes just because I, you know, I don't know. It's it's it, it can be too much sometimes. I'm not getting a lot done, and I forget sometimes. I legit forget. Uh, but also, you know, I am trying to get more movies in because I'm not like like Chris Genro or Mark Nato from uh, the Horror Cast where they got in like three hundred something horror movies of like 2017 horror movies last year. I got in like 106 of them, I think, which was uh, which was like 50 fewer than I did the year before. This I think year, I got in 12. Oh, wow. Okay. So geez. Okay. Cause like this year I, I've watched 28, uh, 2018 horror movies and not much more except for just Skyler and I i am trying to show him like movies like the big Lebowski, Tombstone, Fight Club, you know, Terminator one and two I'm trying to bring him through the cinema sort of like yeah. that.
2: I, I, speaking of that, going off, um, non horror movies that you're showing your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to say that I think, uh, I know of some that you should be uh, adding to that.
3: Oh, tell, do tell it.
2: Um, so one, what does he know about um, Ray Harryhausen?
3: You know what? I'm not,
2: uh, not, not fucking Ray Harryhausen. Oh, okay. I'm moving. I'm moving names in there, but like okay. Jason and the Argonauts or Clash of the Titans, like. Yeah, Ray yeah. Harryhausen. Yeah, like, Ray Har- yep,
3: well, you're right. Yeah.
2: Has he been introduced to, to this yet? Like like does he have a love for Greek
3: mythology uh, or anything? Or? He loves old films. Like uh, sometimes we'll watch like the classics. Uh, you know, we we've gone through some of the, uh, you know, some of the universal monsters. We've gone through just like uh we're we're about to go through some old uh, some old Hitchcock. Uh, but I haven't shown him any uh, Harryhausen. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see some Harryhausen. Has have you brought him to the world of Mel Brooks yet? No, not yet. What, where should I start? Like, just go with uh. Uh, well, you can go
2: with the popular ones, which is Young either going to be Young Frankenstein or something. Uh, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles,
3: uh, Spaceballs,
2: Robin Hood Men in Tights. He he knows
3: Spaceballs and in, in Robin Hood. But, but yeah,
2: the one that I think you should sell him because I think he's smart enough to get it and like it is History of the World Part One.
3: I love that movie. I'm writing that down so I don't forget. I have that a pen. Is, that yeah, next to me. that's uh that. And and
2: then when it comes to a bit more contemporary newer movies, Grand Torino with with oh, Clint, Clint Eastwood, Wood. like that is that. just a movie that like I think everyone should watch because it can show like it shows a old world stuck in his ways, uh, you know, slightly racism thing. Yeah, and the progression, uh, adapting of that. and yeah, adapting and changing to um, another culture, and I think it's I think it's just one of those movies that that is just in general. A beautiful like film that I do doesn't get talked about, and I think it's like one of oh, I guess cool, not like one of the best movies out there. Oh, nice! And then you should also make him watch
3: Snatch. Oh, nice! I mean, I'm writing that down too, just because yeah, I got a pen next here, next to my uh, de- uh my desk here, uh, next to yeah. my desk. It is on because like
2: desk. I like I want like because I I watch way more than just horror. Like I like yeah, so I have I. a whole stack of movies over there of non horror stuff that I absolutely
3: fucking love. Yeah, the Horror Mafia had me on to do, uh, what was it, uh, a True Romance and freaking A Bronx Tale, you know, to do the Mafia yeah. stuff. And, you know, I'm a quarter Italian, so, you know, I was able to, you know, fit right in. But, it, yeah, it was pretty cool that, you know, I got to go on a horror podcast and discuss two awesome pieces of uh, cinema that aren't horror. So it was kind of neat that they even thought of me to <laughs> to do that one.
2: Yeah, Jay and I just did um Heat and Devil's Advocate on horror mafia.
3: I haven't heard that yet, but I have it downloaded. Uh, I, 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 I yeah. like
2: stepping out and doing those non horror stuff. Like it's nice to sit and talk about a movie that isn't horror every once in a while. Oh, sure. Definitely. So I definitely like that. Like that. Unfortunately, my only real outlet for that is going on cut to the chase, which is, you know, <laughs> trashy Um, <laughs> but, oh, God uh me and jay have been talking about doing uh, uh some other stuff it'll still be under kill the cast but it'll be named appropriately so like dave z will be warned that it's not horror so he won't listen to it yeah yeah because uh, i do believe in what dave z says and if you're a horror podcast do horror oh for sure um, yep yep so I, I, I but i don't i i'm more loose with what's under the horror umbrella than dave is sure sure um but we agree on that that's why like the underwater kaiju from outer space show is a set it's still under the kill the Cast brand but it's a separate show so that if someone doesn't give a fuck about you know people in rubber monster suits they're not <laughs> they, they don't have to be bothered whether they can sure you sure. Know, watch whatever they want to watch so it'll work out so hopefully uh guys in may we will have a new horror corridor Uh, But they need to know where they can get Horror Corridor, so Watson, drop that knowledge. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, if you want to get into contact with me for whatever reason, if you're familiar with the show, if you, you know, maybe want to be, maybe you wanna, maybe you heard an episode, you're like, yo, I gotta get in contact with this gangsta. Hit me up at uh, what is my email? It's been a long time since I've done this. It's uh, at Mr. Watson at horrorcorridor.com. That's M-I-S-T-E-R. why, uh, W-A-T, shit, I fucked up the the, the cool thing. I, I think you're up. better at
2: this drunk than you are sober.
3: I am. Holy crap, that's crazy. Yeah, M-I-S-T-E-R, W-A-T-S-O-N-S, H-O-R-R-O-R-C-O-R-R-I-D-O-R.com. There we go, I redeemed myself. And yeah, shoot me a message if you want. Talk about your personal life if you want. And But if you don't tell me, if you say, don't put this on the if you don't say, don't put this on the show, it's going to go on. So make sure you clarify, because I got confused. One guy was telling me about his, like... Pending divorce, and I was like, "Hmm, I don't think I'm going to put this on my show about the strangers." Uh, so yeah, it's pretty crazy for that. Also, yeah, check me out on Facebook. There used to be a website uh, for HorrorCorridor.com, but it's in stasis right now because my son and I are planning to do something else with it. So right now, just find me on Facebook, Horror Corridor in groups. Uh, now there's a page you can like. That's not me. That's something else. It's a page you can join, join up, and you know, get in on the horror conversation. That uh, a lot of people are on there, and, and we have thought provoking content all the time. It's neat. I like it. And I'd like to hear from you.
2: You know, I would like to sign an exclusivity deal right now. Yeah. For, uh, having you and little watt guest star together on a kill the cash show. The only exception being that, uh, the, the, uh, the only exception I'll accept is if it's with Dave and his, and Frankie, I will take that. They, they deserve it more. But I would like to have you and Little Watt on at the same time to review a movie on, on Kill the Cast. That would be so awesome. Did he see... He saw Stranger's Prey at Night, right? Yes, we, we watched it together, yeah. Okay, w- well, when the Blu-ray comes out, because I, I know I'll probably be picking that up, we should all look at sitting down and, yes. and doing an episode. let's do it. I'm uh, in. I would love to have Little Watt on the show. I like him. I, like I said, I think he's a smart dude. Uh, plus, I want to see if I can bribe him live on the show to cuss. Oh, so, no. <laughs> <would> the- <laughs> he
3: uh, he knows your show too because of that commercial I made, the kill the cast, kill the cast. And so he, I when I told him commercial. tonight, I know I need to make a couple changes to it for you or something like that down the line. But uh, he... You, you know what's yeah.
2: funny? I actually told the guys that I wanted to get with you to work out a brand new commercial. Oh, sweet. Like, me and you kind of come up with an idea or something yeah. for a new commercial. I'd be happy to. And and, and have you do it. Um,
3: Definitely. That was me just being trashed, and you asked me to do that audio clip. Like, just, it was basically, hi, I'm Mr. Watson, and you're listening to Kill the Cast. But instead, I was, like, trashed, and I was like, huh, what if I said this shit? And then, then I wrote a script, and then, like, I was like... And when I did the first thing, uh, you know, uh, are you... Tired of the cast, like sick of its cast as well. Kill the cast, and then I like. I thought, oh my god, an echo. That's gonna <laughs> it be. It was
2: s- fucking. When you sent me that, I was fucking dying I was at work and I was like oh well you know what I'm not. Bro- I'm gonna go ahead and fucking listen to it and I listened to it and I immediately <laughs> I was like sending that shit to Jay and Ken I was like guys oh, man. fucking listen to this. this is so good uh anyway you were telling your son yeah, about no, how great kill the but cast yeah, that, is. so but tonight even yes absolutely
3: tonight when I said oh hey I just let you know don't slam any doors in the house or whatever because I'm gonna be you know rocking some kill the cast tonight and, and he just he just goes kill the cast kill the cast kill the cast and we just we just started laughing i was like that's the one
2: <laughs> uh it's so fucking good i love that you and jamie knocked it out of the park because i had jamie one oh. also yeah and i know. She, jamie, like, it's so good man like i was so blown away by the work y'all did it
3: is so fucking good oh, well we, um, we love you we love you guys and you know you're doing good work and that's why it's so cool to be you know able to have a conversation like this that feels just so natural despite the fact that you know some of these questions I knew about a lot of them I didn't it just because you're my friend and I love the work you're doing I like to be able to talk with you and you know and we have listeners who like you know sometimes what we're up to and so hey if they can get on on get in on it it's, it's pure rock and roll and I'm in man exactly so for everyone out
2: there my name is Jerry thank you for checking out kill the cast Links in descriptions for about anything you would want: Facebook groups, YouTube channels, uh, my home sex tape, uh, Watson's. Uh, I have a camera that's in Watson's uh, bedroom to show Uh-oh. me what he's doing at all times. Uh, thanks, little Watt, for helping me out with that. Your Xbox One game is in the mail. <laughs> um, have you been surprised at how how much like little small like episode drops I've I've done for you? You, i just like are awesome
3: you are all that's all i can say you are
2: awesome and you of course can always check out uh, mr watson in multiple places once again links will be in descriptions for his stuff also thank you for joining us uh we've had a blast here on this three hour extravaganza of an interview i know a lot of you have been waiting for this interview i hope it was everything you wanted uh watson do you have any parting words
3: i love you all
2: we love you, too. See you later, guys.
1: I heed not that my earthly lot
2: with little of earth
1: in it. That years of love have been forgot in the hatred of a minute. I mourn not that the desolate are happier,
4: sweet than I, but that you would sorrow for my fate. Who am a passerby? In the darkest nights, clear by the light of the moonless leer. I peered through the sheer veneer of a broken mirror when I disappeared And all of those who were near and all those who were dear Rose not in fear but spoke with a sneer How we're pieces no longer here But I was close, more so even than most Each separate dying ember of my telltale heart Rot on the floor like a ghost And now I'm engrossed Nevermore morose, adios, you can have my beloved whipping post while well I join, join the, ranks the ranks of the heavenly hosts. Host. Even now, I'm weeping for sins for which I'll never atone, and never have I been shown forgiveness for anything even my own. So how can a man, hoping to be redeemed, not reap the seeds he your sown? When the inevitable harvesting goes and they thought you can make me my crown and they give me my throne. But I'm no ruler of a kingdom with a name known, a broken subject you keep only to this sown. I can't awaken my heart to feel joy at the same tone. All that I loved, I loved alone Sometimes the doors that you walk through Close and then they lock you out into the dark and then it's got you And no matter how hard you knock you No, it blocks you, it mocks you There's no one even inside you could talk to That old you is dead, I swear It's not you Now in this passing, dread beside a prayer If you want to Maybe he'll answer and maybe he won't care But if he thought to He'd say, turn away from that old world That forgot you In this pit, the pendulum swings forth and back We'll fate's strings become warped snap it's the end of all these things and no more than that the wit and wisdom of kings who spring and ignore attack is but a swan song to which they seem to cling and sing before the, before the black eye and Prince Prospero the Great and red up the wits so I'll take great pains to hide my face in this place until the plague abates there are open veins and gaping graves yon level with luminous waves and in my numerous days I've seen the devil work in multitudinous ways all that I've loved, all that I've seen all that I've known is dead, dead. I fall from above, sprawled in between enthralled and moaning dread as I walk these dark streets my heart beats, stole, been broken, and bled admit my sweet defeats listen the both of my wrists to greet the future instead and now I travel this afterlife by roots obscure and lonely On a path broad and wide, haunted by all yeah, angels only So light a candle for me, a have been the blast of hells And maybe I'll find my way back from the dead But behind me the woods of the dark one yells turn the doors that you walk through Close and then they lock you Out into the dark and then it's got you But no matter how hard you knock you nobody know it blocks you, it mocks you There's no one even inside you could talk to That old Jew is dead, I swear It's not you Now in this passing dread, beside a prayer If you want to maybe Maybe he'll answer and maybe he won't care but if he thought to he'd say turn away from that old world that forgot you Cause sometimes when you look behind you and see what has defined you you want to forget but it reminds you and so you feel so very inclined to let all your demons find you confine you and in sweet darkness bind you Deepest depths of everything designed to Bring about the beginning of the end But never mind you Possess the will of mind to you know what will and won't mind you A world that's not your own There's nothing to build a shrine to But this darkness Never flitting Still is sitting Still is sitting
1: The pallid bust of palace Just above my chamber door